Hey guys, brand new podcast. This one is from our tour bus. It's me, Steve Fury, Dave Williamson, and occasionally my my cameraman John Mans and Halston. That's right. And we were on the tour bus, and so we thought we'd do a podcast, and uh, it was fun. I think we'll do more of them. I am on tour, two shows in San Diego, one show in Las Vegas, one show in Albuquerque. And then the week after that, it's Oklahoma City and Little Rock. Come find me on the road. And then I'm taking a week off, and then uh, and then we start back up. Pushing it hard. Trying to stay healthy. Going surfing tomorrow. Can't fucking wait. You think I'm cold now? What do you see me then? I saw this great documentary. It's called Momentum Generation. It's with Shane Dorian, uh, Kalani Rob, uh, Rob Machado. I'm going to forget fucking names. I'm going to forget names. And I'll, I'll forget Kelly Slater's name on purpose so that everyone knows that I just can't remember all the names. But Taylor it, Knox, Ross Williams. Taylor Knox. I, I just followed. I followed all of them on Instagram today. But um, I'm fucking. It's amazing because it's it, what it. So Rob, I'm, 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 why am I doing this? But it's really great. I'd love to get those guys on the podcast because it's interesting. They, these are guys that were all on the pro tour. And then Rob Machado kind of uh he got hurt and then they he didn't get voted to go back on the tour and he became a free surfer but basically kept his sponsorships and started making videos and i thought the advent of the fucking gopro really changed the game of surfing because now you guys know like guys like jamie o'brien nathan fletcher and not nathan fletcher or nathan fletcher yeah nathan florence um john john florence ivan florence like all these guys i've just named a handful and there's so many more well, those are the ones that came to my mind. I don't mean to slight anybody, but uh, because they can film their own content. And that's kind of, it's a little bit of what that is about, but it's more about these the friendships these guys had and how fame and everything kind of changed everything. And it's so funny because all I could think is how this is like the group of comics you come up with. And you, and you don't really pick the group of comics you come up with, but you come up with the group of comics you come up with. And then they're your best friends and, and you have so many stories. It really was a great documentary. I, I highly suggest it. That has nothing to do with today's podcast. Today's podcast is me, my buddy Dave, my buddy Steve, my buddy John, and my buddy Halston on the tour bus talking shit. I do not know what we talked about. Do you remember anything we talked about, Halston? Yeah, I just edited it all yesterday. Oh, really? What did we talk about? It was like two hours of just... And I don't talk too much. Oh, bad roommates. That was a that was We a talked about bad it. roommates. Mm-hmm. Cop um, interactions that you guys Cock interactions. Cop, no, cop. Cop, cop interactions. Burning gonna, Man. and Burning Mario. Man. Yeah. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, have a great day today. Uh, take a second and say some some gratitudes today. Think about what you're grateful for and try to become grateful to someone tomorrow. Try to have someone say, I'm really grateful that I got Bert in my life or whatever your name in your life because I'm grateful you listen to this podcast. I genuinely am. And I work harder so that you enjoy it. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Have a great day. Without further ado, my buddies, Steve Fury, Dave Williamson, John Mance, Halston, mm-hmm. and me on the tour bus. Enjoy. This is the Yeah, get this. I'm rolling. Get this fucking thing away from me. Get this away from me. Fucking Voodoo Donuts delivers. No, 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 no. They don't deliver, deliver. But motherfucker, they're so good. They're the best. It's so hard to lose weight. That's when because you know I know this is doing the opposite right now. Oh, it's the ultimate opposite. 
but it feels so good. That's the thing. I we we need if there needs to be a program where you can switch your brain instead of thinking that bad things are good for. Oh, I'm talking about instead of thinking that things that are bad that are good for you make things that are good for you taste better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everything bad makes you. That's what people should be working on. Make sure. Oh, Dave came in dressed well. Hey guys, the podcast. <laughs> no, go on. Did you lose your sense of taste when you got COVID? Nope. Damn it. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would just eat just fucking spinach and eggplant or something that I just that I yeah. Hate. They should take they should take something out of COVID that makes you lose your taste and put it in like a diet supplement. Like the new Herbalife is like Herbalife COVID, and then you take it and they're like, hey, spinach ain't that bad no more. Here's the deal: bananas, I bet, were fucking phenomenal when that's all that was around. Yeah, I think you were like, I'm an apple and a banana. And, and, and drink from the stream, and then no salt. They had no fucking... Yep. You know what it is? The fucking salt trade fucked us up the ass. Yeah. Because they we started getting spices, and the second we got spices, we were like, we we're like, God damn it, man, I can't just have a regular banana anymore. I need a banana with cinnamon on it, or cinnamon on it. Yeah. Well, there's nothing better than having salt and immediately having something sweet. mm can I tell you, I just learned as an adult, I learned the difference between savory, sweet and savory. Is it sweet and savory? Yeah. I remember I was in England and they were like, do you fancy savory? <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and they're like, savory, would you like some savory treat or a sweet treat? Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like they're hitting on you. Sounds like I'm the like, worst stripper name ever. I was Up like, next, savory and mayonnaise. I was like, I don't know what that is. And they're like, savory is this salty, like chips and whatnot. And sweet, you know what sweet is. And I was like, oh, I can't mix sweet and savory. And this bitch was like, do you like ketchup? I was like, yeah. She goes, sweet and savory ketchup. And I went. Blew your mind. I blew my fucking mind. And I love ketchup. I love ketchup. They have like vinegar ketchup over there, right? It's totally different. The, the what? No, they, they have like a hot HM. HM. What, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, like HM? a curry ketchup? Yeah, I don't even know what it is. But, you know, I just recently got out of, um, got, uh, and it, it started up again because I've had to shit on stage a couple times. Yes. But I used to do, I used to have to shit on stage when I did clubs. I used to have to shit on stage very badly, like all the time. Like I took a shit in Lexington, Kentucky in the middle of my set. I had, <laughs> I had Dusty come back on stage and do some jokes and I ran to this bathroom like, We're and I still took a shit a and I came back and I, and but I just got uh, spicy out of my life. Recently, I've been having spicy back in my life. But you have hot sauce all the time. Yeah. Last The last two days, I've had to shit on stage. I think I told you this. And I've gotten off stage and gone and immediately shitted. But I have not gotten, I have not been fucking with hot sauce the way I used to. I used to yes. do, I used to need it. When I first came on the tour with you guys, we had, I would say, 30 to 45 hot sauces mm -hmm. coming out of every, and we would try every one every mm -hmm. night mixing them. Now it's definitely a lot more tame. There's a lot, there's still the sauce game is high, but it's just not, the spice isn't really that. Does Mans have a microphone? Yeah, we can share this one. Yeah, good. Um, no, I, my, you're, my, you know, you know how you have like memories of people, of how you, you see them, you'll never see them past that first time. My forever memory of you, Steve, is, having to shit at like oh, yeah. fucking eight in the morning yeah and you're not laughing about it you like walking up and down like i, got, I gotta go now yeah. i gotta go now mm -hmm. yeah. We're in, yeah i had a hot bag it 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or no. the feds will come after me. If you don't know what hot bagging is, you can't poop on this bus. So you have to take a loose bag, preferably garbage. All we had was a Vaughn's. Put it on the toilet. You poop into the toilet, and then you fling it out going about 85 in rural Pennsylvania. If you want to see an instructional manual on how that works, just scroll back on Insta- Bert's Instagram. There's a whole video of it. I took a hot bag. I did, I did a video of hot bagging it. I loved hot bagging it. It's kind of fun. It's yeah. exhilarating. It's like pooping with like, but you got to beat the clock. I never threw mine out the window. I always would just leave it. It it's funny how. <laughs> It's funny how the next something like that, like you guys could say, I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed what was, what was enjo- it? Was the it- smell of my own shit and the release. The reason I liked it is because it was the first bit of convenience. Like the yeah. idea that you'd have to shit on this bus and you can't shit on this bus. You have to go somewhere to shit. The idea, what I loved about it was I was like, oh, I really have to shit. We're driving down the street and now I'm shitting and it's over. I don't have yeah. to worry about it. I think it gives me PTSD thinking about when I spent over a year living in a 25 foot travel trailer with my family. And, you know, we when we first started doing that, my my wife's like, are you allowed to poop on the trailer? And I'm like, people say that you shouldn't. But I'm like, there's no way we're getting through a year of doing this without. I'm like, we're pooping in the trailer and I'll just clean it out. It's something I'll have to do. So I got really good at cleaning, cleaning uh, poop out the trailer. So I think what you're saying is we can poop on this trailer. On this bus, because Dave can, clean, Dave it can clean it up. That's hey. a verbal contract. I, the internet just. I run Dave, the garden Dave, Dave, hose. Hold it, hold it this way. Flip it this way. Uh, hold it, it that way. There there yeah, 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 perfect. I uh, I would run a garden hose inside and then fill it up with water and then drive around the block and slosh it around and then park on an angle to flush it out <laughs> when I had to clean it out. I mean, there was a science to cleaning poop out of the RV. So, so, so one of the one of the fucking like. Uh, yeah, you remember I used to have that joke about like family meltdowns where my my daughter, my sister hit my dad in the back of the neck with a spoon. Yep. And yep. So, family meltdown. We are in uh, we are in Arizona right after we did that COVID tour, uh, the ballpark tour, not ballpark tour, uh, driving tour, driving movie theater. And we take we rent a Winnebago, and the guy doesn't clean the shit out of the Winnebago, and people have been shitting in it for oh. weeks. And so we the people that were using the Winnebago before you used it, you shit in it. The guy didn't clean it. Oh. And so we're driving and it smells like fucking sewage. I mean, it smells like shit. And so we pull up. Oh, fuck. I'm going to throw up. Thinking, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be a bunch of people. Like, Bleh. We pull up to the we pull up to the to the dump. Me and Leanne, George and I have some drama going on. That's that that has not has yet to be resolved. Yeah. It's like. Uh, hypothetically let's just say she snuck out of the house right during covid got it let's hypothetically say that was what it was she snuck out of the house during covid and hung out with her friends and nice. leanne tells me about it and they all laugh about it at, at, and and i and i find out about it and they were like you're on the road we didn't want to you know dr- give you drama on the road i know george and i have to talk about this leanne goes, oh my god leanne goes okay i gotta hook the hose to the thing and then you hook the hose to the other side. And I go, okay. So he, she hooks the hose to the thing. And as I go to hook the thing, she just undoes it. And shit goes oh, everywhere. Oh, my God. And it's someone else's shit. And it's yeah. going everywhere because I haven't gotten it in the hole. And then I shove it in the hole. But it, yeah, it's all over my fingers. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I start gagging. I start gagging because I have someone else's shit all on my hands. And Georgia goes, oh, don't overreact. Oh, I lit that bitch up. I lit her up. I came at her. I fucking pulled her to the other side of the fucking Winnebago in front of her. I was fuck. I lost my 
shit. But but I did a good Literally parenting invisible. thing. I didn't I didn't go I didn't go too hard. I but I I did it perfectly and then Leanne heard all of it. George went aside. George was really upset. Leanne goes, I thought it was gonna be worse. <laughs> I said, Why? And she goes, I just all the shit all over your hands. I saw shit on my hands. <laughs> yeah. Just getting yelled at with no. someone else's fecal oh, matter yeah. in your face. Oh, I got man, that was like that was the that was a, a fucking family moment, but Leanne, I wanted to th- fucking throw her through a wall. She, I had the hose, and she goes, "All right, clear." And I go, "You hooked it up," and she's like, "I've already cut the hose," and I'm watching the hose go. Yeah. The the thing with Georgia though, I bet the anticipation of waiting for whenever you were going to unload on her for days was, was, was worse bad. than the actual like you know you yelling at her. She's like, "Let's just get it over with." I remember one time being a kid, and one of the only times I ever saw my parents fight, um, we were playing a board game with some other families, and uh, my dad, there was a word, like Pictionary or something, and there was a word I didn't understand, so my dad had to whisper it, but he was on the other team, you know? And so I'm drawing it, and I'm not doing a good job, and then my mom's like, what was that? And I said what it was, and she goes, that's what your dad told you to draw? And I go, yeah. And she goes, you would have told him it's a bowling ball with fingers on it to win a game or something like that. Like just out of left field yelled and then they got into a fight and I'm looking at everyone like, I don't think this is about the game. Like They were obviously <laughs> fighting about something else that seeped into the game. You know, oh. I still to this day remember that fight. <laughs> yeah, I, that was uh, that was uncomfortable. That was an uncomfortable. Uh, and it's like, and uh, yeah, I remember that. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy all the times that you have with like. I wish I could go back over quarantine. I was really rough on Georgia because she was becoming a, a kid, like a, a kid. Yeah. And and it bums me out that I wasn't cooler about it, but I had so much anxiety about us all getting COVID. Yeah, it was pretty intense while we were, when we were going around because we were pretty good for a long time. We kept very small. No one was in and out. It was just us. So I could see, you know, your daughter goes out and goes, hangs out, breaks the fucking COVID container. And you're like, you could have risked millions of dollars in a fucking tour right now just oh, you could, yeah. the, i was like what about oh man i remember just being like and and it was really hard it's really hard for a kid to understand well even just the the tour is one thing but also it's, it's your kid's safety you know at that point in the pandemic i mean i don't think vaccines were out yet and you're probably just worried about that was there, bad COVID. Gonna, that was bad yeah. COVID when people yeah. died yeah. yeah i mean you're scared for your kid you know that's that was one time my parents got mad at me uh, when you come home and they think you were somewhere and couldn't get a hold of you and they're scared. And, you know, my dad or my mom never yelled at me, but I remember coming home and she was like, go to your room. Are you crazy? I would have been scared if something happened to you. Da, da, da. You know, that was a big deal is not knowing where you were. Yeah. My you, parents told me I could go anywhere as long as they knew where I was. It's all they cared about. I feel like Steve has a different story. <laughs> me? I feel like you were like, oh, I never told my parents where I was. I would sneak out every I think I kind of think that we had an un like negotiated agreement that like I would leave through my window at night and you would pretend you didn't know because they had to have known because it was the only window without a screen. <laughs> Bert, Bert and I grew up in houses where the alarm would go beep boop when you open something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Uh, there was you guys no had alarms back then. You guys yeah. had ADT had, in the seventies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like a bird. Can I tell you? My dad said to me one time, Georgia. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if she did anything. I don't know if she did or she didn't like partied or whatever. She, she came home one time and was in a goofy, silly fucking mood. And I was, and I, I, I was like, I, in my head, I was like, she was been partying with her friends. And mm-hmm. Leanne came over and was like, I, 
Does something not seem right to you? And I was like, yeah. So I, I fucking get all worked up. I get all worked up. I'm gonna fucking lose my shit. I don't know why I'm so strict about partying when I, that's my brand. Like that's what I, I party all the time. Yeah. She's all she's done. Maybe you feel guilty. All she's done is seen me party. Yeah, that's true. So I go outside. My dad calls and he goes, how you doing? I said, not good. Fuck, not good. He's like, what's going on? I tell him and he goes, so what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm about to go into a room and he goes, is she safe? I said, I mean, is she like wasted? I go, no, we can't even really tell if she, part of that, she was just in a really goofy, giddy mood and we're going to confront her. And he goes, hey, <laughs> he goes, hey, Jimmy, times you came home and I realized you were fucked up, but I knew you were home and I knew you were safe and it wasn't worth our relationship or the fight for me to go in your room and confront you. And I said, yeah. And he goes, let this one slide just for the fact that I let it slide for your whole childhood, let it slide. And I was like, all right. And I just went in and I went into land. I was like, she's fine. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, she, she didn't like, she wasn't like, she didn't get caught. You didn't catch her doing anything. Yeah. She got home and and she was home and she was fine. And she wasn't like fucked up. And I was like, all right, we're good. And, And by the way, the kid has the best fucking shoulders on head on her shoulders. Yeah, she she fucks up a lot. You know she does, but she's she doesn't drink and drive. She doesn't do the things that are like big tentpole things for me. There there comes a point when they're gonna do stuff, and you just have to trust that you've prepared them for it, and they're gonna make the right decisions at, at Co- that point, like cocaine you know? and and mushrooms and acid and all that. I, I want Molly. I just want her to be like, no, like. I don't want her to do any drugs. I don't want either of yeah, them to do any safe. drugs. It's so silly and it's so, you know, I had a mom fucking, it was his mom was like, I don't know if she was drunk. She's an alcoholic, but she was drunk. She was like, you're such a hypocrite. And I was like, huh? She was like, you smoke pot with your friends all the time on podcasts. The kids watch it. And then you're going to tell them not to. And I was like, first of all, it's legal when I do it. Second of all, we're making fucking cash. Yeah. Like, don't ever fucking go fuck, suck my dick. I got so fucking mad. Yeah, you're also an adult, not I'm a kid. Adult. And I'm and making a, a shit ton of I'm money. I'm a fucking job. I remember the first, the last time I knew I could get away with anything. And it was kind of understood. I was like 18. And I was sneaking out for a while at this point. And I go out to a party and I get blackout drunk. And all I remember was eating these uh, Welch's fruit snacks. Like my buddy's parents bought like a whole fucking box of the Welch's. And I was pounding them. Ba-bow, ba-bow. I get home at 4 o'clock. I take a nap on the lawn. The sprinklers wake me up. I crawl in my window and I lay down. I wake up at 11 o'clock. But as I'm waking up, I keep chewing things in my mouth. I'm like oh. chewing stuff. It's like good, you know? I'm just chewing. <laughs> but So it's like kind of fun to wake up with a little snack. I wake up, go in the living room. They go, how's your night last night? I was like, oh, it was fine. You know, I'm trying to play it off. They go, it didn't sound fine. And I, they go, why don't you go look in the mirror? What had happened was I woke up in the middle of the night and puked Welch's gummy bears oh. all over my head. And all over the bed, so I like I had, I had like Welch's gummy bears covering oh my, my face God. while oh I was telling God. them like, "No, nah, I'm just good. I don't know, it was a little bit right. I didn't sleep that well throughout the night." And then my bed, and I had to wash it. And then I kind of knew I was like, "All right, I think we're kind of done. I'm 18. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want." <laughs> Wait, did you? Where, and then what did you do after high school, Steve? I moved immediately out into my buddy had like. <laughs> He's like, you know, like when you got like a back house, but it's not a back house. It's kind of like you put a ping pong table there or something. My buddy had one of those, but there's like a gazebo, like a gazebo, like a walled in gazebo. (laughs) My buddy had like a walled in gazebo. And I was like, I'll rent that for a hundred bucks a month from you. And he was like, okay. And then I moved in in like July. It was kind of nice. But then during the winter months, it got 
real fucking yeah. cold. Oh, because you're in Sacramento. You're in Sacramento. That shit's cold, dude. So, like, I was just freezing my balls off in this. And plus, it smelled real bad because that's where his dog used to go poop. And then I just lived there for a couple of years. And I just kind of went on my own and then went to college and did stand up. It's amazing what you will look at and think that you could make work yeah. at that point in your life. I had a friend. Oh, yeah. I had a friend live in my attic for a little while. Dude, I lived in an attic <laughs> in college with a buddy. Me and him shared an attic. Me and well, Obi, you met was, Obi. Was yours at least uh, insulated? No. Yeah, okay. and, mine and, wasn't either. And no, mine wasn't insulated. And, and the attic, you couldn't stand up fully in it. Oh, yeah. The, and, and in the dead center, you could, but it was a, t- it was a yeah. t- in the dead center, you could. But one side was, so like the Spot. attic went like this. And then one side was dropped down a little bit and was like a cove in the attic. And there was a bed back there. That's where I slept for the first half of the year. Then we switched. And he slept <laughs> over there. What if, remember, there. what if there was like CO2 poisoning or something? Oh, the asbestos. And the, the whole house died one night. They didn't find you guys up until the attic until six months later. Like, what we were had, these guys doing up here? We had a hole in our ceiling above our kitchen that went up to the attic. It was a fan. It was one of those attic fans. Yeah. Well, they had taken the attic fan out, and we used to fall out of the hole into our kitchen. <laughs> like, it's like a dummy waiter for yeah. poor people. Was this like college, a, Bert? It was college, definitely college. I lived. You're, you're, I lived. You couldn't in, scrape together enough money for a bedroom. No, I don't know. Maybe it was like kind of fun. You know, it was, like I, that it, too. things were different then. Like yeah. you'd look at things and go, like first of all, you had to green light rent with your dad. So it was like, if my dad was, I, I'd be, I, I wanted. We paid nothing, and we lived, I paid two hundred dollars a month for rent at Auburn. Yeah, yeah that was rent. Two hundred, yeah. two fifty was like yeah. like solid rent. And but this one was even cheaper. I think it was one fifty. Me and him split like three fifty. Yeah, we definitely like we lived in this one house. Uh, the the most fun I had uh, at one of my houses was um, I lived in a house with four other guys on my water polo team. We called it the Polo Hut. It was an old house, like just falling apart. But it had five big rooms with doors on it that we could call bedrooms, right? And then just throughout the year, we had different people that kind of lived with, like what you're saying. We never locked the door once. We had like four couches in the living room. Hey, someone grab our, is that our runner who just opened up a bunch of food for us? Oh, yeah. Right off front. Grab our runner, Pete. Pete's on it. But we we always had a rotation of like seven or eight different guys who kind of officially or unofficially lived with us and claimed the corner of the house. So I guess it's called a flop house. Yeah. I guess I kind of get what you're talking about. It's exactly like a flop house. You're right. I had, when I first moved to LA, I had one friend that I knew from when I lived in Hawaii and when I grew up in the military. And so I had one friend who had moved to LA and, um, I, uh, I shared a futon with him and this man did not shower ever. Oh, he did not put a sheet on but his you shared a futon with him like you guys cuddled i mean we didn't cuddle but we no but hold what on were you like 69 kind of like no. ass the foot like head yeah to yeah, foot? yeah something like that and um it was like a full Dick size and i'm six five this this thing is, is is really really small and he didn't really shower he never put a sheet on the futon it was cockroach infested it was a studio apartment um off of vines is this in bangkok this is in vine <laughs> pretty much dude down vine street like bangkok after it gets like shitty um and i got cellulitis on my knee and uh i got a huge it's a huge skin infection that bubbles up and i had to get it like drained and i had to put gauze in it and go on medication just from sharing a bed in this dirty studio what's this guy doing now (laughs) he probably still lives in that same house okay who's your worst kids who's the worst roommate you ever had my worst roommate was a dude named dominic he used to 
he he would eat anything. Like this man would eat anything. as old. The weirdest thing I ever he whenever he'd poop, the bathroom would be humid. Like he took a shower, but he didn't take showers. Like there was condensation dripping from the mirrors. And I remember I come home one time and it smells like a fucking like the most disgusting fish you've ever seen. And this dude would he left seafood stir fry from Costco in the fridge for a month, and then he cooked it up in a pan, and he ate it, and he was fine. But then you're like, okay, now I understand why the bathroom has a, a humid snowstorm every time you go. I through. think I've always been everyone's worst roommate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. Well, I was just gonna. That. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I don't think I've ever had a bad roommate. Uh, I've always enjoyed everyone I've ever uh, lived yeah, with. Yeah, you're, you're, but, you are the bad roommate. But, but yeah, maybe I'm. Yeah. The, maybe it was me. Uh, considering we've been your roommate now for a, a few years, you are definitely. You but are it, definitely the roommate from hell. Where but, it's like, but yeah, but you're making that sound like I'm the guy on the futon. You just mean no, that no, no. You're on the couch. You're I'm, on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Because you're I'm very on the couch, comfortable farting. Yeah, and uh, take up space. I accumulating know. hats at an alarming rate. But I, um, I I will say that the most annoyed I've been with a roommate situation was we got this guy. My sophomore year of college was a friend of my previous roommate, a family friend. So he's like, oh, this kid's coming and whatever. So he ended up being our roommate. And he was a freshman, at, and his dad was a pastor in some small town in Alabama. So he got to college and just partied, right? He was so excited. I'm like, cool with me. And he started rushing a fraternity. And they would call in the middle of the night. We had landlines back then, right by my bed, you know? And the, they'd call all night long. They'd be like, Coleman, go get us uh, uh, chicken wings from Willie's. Bring it over right now, you know? And they'd just make them do shit all the time. And I'd get so annoyed. I'd be like, all right, let me go get him. Hold on. And I'd just hang up on him. <laughs> and so I was like, well, why do you listen to those guys? That's what we have to do for us. Just whatever they tell us to do, we got to go do it. So I got so mad. And one day he left his list out of uh, all the other guys rushing with him and their phone numbers. And we just tore through that whole list. And we're like, hey, man, go get three pepperoni pizzas. Take it to Scarborough Square. Leave it <laughs> on the table out by the pool. And then just go away. Right. When tell someone else, go get us two cases of beer. Bring it to Scarborough Square. Leave it by the green Honda Passport. Don't ask questions. You know, we had yeah. these guys just running errands for us all over town. Oh, I was a pledge. Awesome. I was a pledge. And, I, and we had to do all that shit. We had to do all that shit. And then it's amazing. I can't imagine being that person now because I do not tell you. I do not take direction. Yeah, I don't at all. I don't take. I don't take. Like, I, you can't tell me what to do. I started losing my fucking Yeah, mind. Yeah. It's a form of claustrophobia for me. Yeah, yeah. But back then, I was like, I was fucking... I would have been like, you guys aren't showing a lot of respect. I don't know how we're supposed to build a brotherhood. God, <laughs> it's funny. It's it was fun. I loved it. I loved it, but I could not do it now. I couldn't be a part of any. I like. I have problems with just the the fraternal hazing side of stand up, where I just melt down. I'm like, nah, man. I can't. I uh, no. I, I all my roommates. I had one roommate who was pretty. You might need to bleep his name out. Uh. His nickname was the Sloth. <laughs> Not a good start. I had this this year. I that year I had two roommates. Me and this guy Mike Osborne had two roommates. One, um, pretty much formed a pretty aggressive form of OCD within the year, and it was, I mean, insane to watch. What was his OCD? Everything, everything, everything. I mean organizing books counting tiles oh uh, man oh. if you wanted to be a jerk you're gonna mess with them a real bad uh. <laughs> yeah. dude it's actually really hard to live here. with somebody with ocd that guy who was dirty and i shared a futon with 
the most severe OCD I've ever seen in my life. Like light switches. Like every time he walked into a room, he had to turn on and off the light switch oh. like 13 times. Every time he walked by this one poster, he had to tap it three times. And sometimes he'd walk by it and then walk back to it and tap it again. You should have been like, how many times can you change the sheets? Yeah. The, the faucets. <laughs> like he should have focused on his the health guy, a little bit. The guy we lived with had a thing called a perfect cigarette. Ooh. And he um, was striving for the perfect cigarette. And he would go out at night and drive hours upon hours looking for the perfect cigarette and it was so ritualistic a certain certain song had to be on the radio he had to get in his car at a certain place the windows had to be down a certain way the cigarette had to come out a, the perfect way and it had the song had to finish right as the cigarette ended it was all these things and he could never capture it and he would be gone every night every night we'd hear him sneak out of the house and he'd dry hit at a certain point, it had to be in Georgia, so he'd drive 45 minutes into Georgia, and I mean, it was like it—it it was, you know, it's funny. We laughed about it then, and we made fun of it, and now you look, and now he's he's had some pretty significant issues in his life, and and you look, <laughs> probably from all that smoking. Yeah, right. When you start from there, it doesn't. You're not gonna. But you go, but you go. Wow, man, I maybe I wish we had been better friends to him, you know, as opposed to like make fun of it. And then him had to do it in the secret. And then, but you're in college, you don't know any better. Yeah. And but he was, he was. Uh, and then the other guy, Sloth. He let's just call him Sloth. That's not his name. He was the first person I ever see saw morning drink, like where you you got up and took a pull of a fucking bottle before going Ooh. to class. First person I ever saw do that. And he was he he had some legit issues. I mean, we we went we there was a bar that burned down and uh all the bottles of whiskey uh all the covers had been burned off and we broke into the place the bar that burned down and we took all the bottles of whiskey that were still smoldering and we put them in the back of a our, like our, our mm -hmm. car and we partied with these all summer and then one point we said let's go on a fucking road trip and we drove from just just drove didn't have any place in mind just drove and we drove to west virginia and in the middle of the night uh we get in the middle of the night for us we get a knock on the door and it's two police officers and they're like tell the man on the balcony not to jump oh, and we look out and we're like you got the wrong room we don't have a balcony and they're like bullshit boys out of the fucking way push through us go to the window open the window and our buddy is passed out on a fucking ledge hammered and he had had one of the bottles and it dropped oh. out of his hand and the cop grabbed him by the belt and he goes boy when I say wake up, you open your eyes and you don't fucking move. And my buddy opened his eyes and he was like, inside now. Pulled him in. Didn't do anything to us. They were like, God damn it, boys. You're going to party. You got to get your shit together. Walked yeah. out. And we were like, we looked at him. We were like, he just went to sleep back on the bed. Man. I know that when you do that impression, it like it hits me in my core. Because I know that Southern cop going, boy. <laughs> I've had that knock on my door, and I've had that conversation with cops all through college. Like, boy, what are you doing? Boy, man, I, I got pulled over in Georgia. Back in the day in Georgia, when you got pulled over, they took your license from you. They just uh, took it. They just took it. And yep. They, yep, that was that. And you got a ticket, and then they held on to your license until you cleared up a ticket. I got a gun put to my head in that situation. <laughs> I I was, <laughs> yep. I was at a- Georgia uh, didn't fuck around back in the no, day. No, man, this was Alabama. If you so, didn't have, if you didn't have- plates from that state in that county yep they were like why are you here i had states or uh 
dealer plates from Florida that had accidentally been reported stolen. So I'm driving to the gym one day and my buddy Casey's in the car with me and we're driving by. I was in an intersection and I, I you know, I like when the light turns yellow and then you wait for the cars to speed through. So, so then yeah. you clear. Right. So I did that and I thought I was totally safe, whatever. So a cop pulls up behind me and a couple blocks down the road, Casey goes, oh, I got to stop at the ATM on the way to the gym. So I made kind of a crazy turn into the ATM and he goes boop, boop, boop and lights me up and blocks me in. Right. And he walks up and goes, uh, hey, you know why I pulled you over, boy? And I was like, oh, I know I made a crazy turn. I'm sorry about that. My friend just wanted to go to the ATM. And I was like, no, he's like, no, it's because you ran a red light. And I'm like, with all due respect, sir, I really don't think I did. He's like, license and registration. And I just lost my driver's license at a bar for underage drinking, or they caught me with a, a you know, a, a, Fake. a rum and coke, and I had the X's on my hands, so they kept my ID kind of situation. And uh, I, I did, I had my fake ID, which wasn't very oh good, my in my uh, wallet. So now I'm freaking out that this guy's gonna see my fake ID, and I'm gonna get in trouble for that, right? So I'm, I'm like, sir, I don't have my ID. But um, I could tell you all my information. I rattle off my my driver's license number that I still remember my to this dad's day. Williams Encounter Lab. Oh, uh, we got there. We got to that part. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, uh, so I give him all my information. He's like, wow, I'm impressed you can remember that whole number. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So everything's fine. The guy's being cool, right? So he goes back to run the plates. And I take my fake ID out of my wallet. And I throw it in the center console. And I'm like, I just want this guy to find that and think that I'm like pretending to be someone I'm not or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden I hear, put your hands on the windshield. And I think the guy's kidding because he was just cool like two minutes ago, right? Yeah. I look over and he's got a gun pointed at my face right here. And I have never been more scared in my life because this guy wasn't doing it confidently either. He looked scared like he yeah. was like a rookie. And, and so he's like shaking like this, you know, and pointing. And I'm trying to figure out how you put your hands on the windshield. I didn't know if I was supposed to be like this way or reach out and put it on the outside or what. And I'm just like, don't shoot. And all I could think of, because my whole water polo team had bleached our hair, and uh, all I could think of is my dad in the back of my head going, if you want to be treated like a punk, then you're going to, uh, you, you know, if you look like a punk, you're going to get treated by a punk. And I'm like, my dad was right. They're treating me like a punk. I shouldn't have bleached my hair. I got an earring. Right. So so I'm shitting my pants. And uh, now I'm thinking, did the guy see me put my ID in the console? And he thought I was like reaching for a gun. I just, I can't figure out why this guy's so mad at me. Right. And I'm like, sir, what's this, what's happening? I'm sure there's an explanation. We could talk this out. And he's like, don't say a word until my partner gets here. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Talk you out of your gun, right? So he opens the door, makes us both crawl over, uh, get out of the driver's thing, puts us down on the ground, cuffs us, throws my buddy in the back of the cop car. And uh, he tells me it's because my license plate came back um, uh, stolen. He ran it and someone made a, a clerical error at my uh, dad's business and they reported the car stolen. So now, now I went to that. I'm like, oh, just call, uh, you know, just call Fran and accounting over at Williamson Cadillac. She'll straighten this up, you know? So they, they're trying to find something wrong now. Now they're, they're trying to find something to get me. So they're like, we're going to search your car. And I'm like, ooh, that could go real bad. Yeah. I'm sure I have an empty bottle of something somewhere. And so they go through my car forever, right? And uh, I see the other cop, the second cop, who is cool, not the shitty cop, right? The, the cool old guy cop. He's going through my car, and he opens the center console, and he looks... And he looks real close and he looks even closer and he looks over at me and he just laughs and closes it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that guy saw my 
shitty fake ID that said Mike and Francis Sinclair. And it was so bad. He thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then after like two hours, man, they let us go. And uh, it it was, I I was never been more scared in my life though. When that guy had that gun pointed, I could, it was like daylight and I'm just looking at the barrel of it. Roses are red, violets are blue, and don't let pubes wreck a you. Did I say that right? Don't let wild pubes wreck you. Wild pubes. All pubes that aren't trimmed are wild pubes. That's my feeling. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here to give you the best tools for your balls to keep them ready for that special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped as the leader in below-the-belt grooming with their exclusive offer right now. Go to manscaped.com and use the code BERT for 20% off plus free shipping. My relationship, I was going to say my whole family, that was going to sound weird. Me and my wife are big manscapers. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the greatest electric trimmer ever designed. I'm telling you that right now. It, it trims it trims hair on loose skin, which is so important because old school trimmers would snag loose skin and then you'd have blood fucking everywhere get this trimmer it's got the advanced skin safe technology which reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls it even even has a 4000 k led spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires did i mention that it's also waterproof here's what's great about it you sit on top of the toilet and you put it in the toilet to shave your balls so all the stuff falls into the toilet and you can see just about everything and you don't have to worry about getting too close i didn't have to put my reading glasses on the other day i gotta be dead honest with you Every trimmer should come with a light. In my opinion, trimming my mustache with a light is so much better. Bert, do you trim your mustache with the same thing you trim your balls with? It's my balls and my mustache. I'd suck my dick if I could. All right. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. But I'd only suck my dick if my ball, my pubes were trimmed. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code BERT. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2022, then why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless? Switch to Mint Mobile. It's the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile allows you to maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month. That's a game changer. That is fantastic. Just $15 a month, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 a month by going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retailer, Mint Mobile passes those significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Why? This is a no-brainer. With Mint Mobile, you choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and you stop paying for that data that you never use. God, that's brilliant. Switch to Mint Mobile and get the premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. That's mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. You know? I, had a, I, had a, I had a scenario the other day where I thought, um, if a guy pulls a knife on me or a machete, I was playing out and I was like, I think I'm gonna roll the dice on this one. I was, I was wearing these, uh, I was wearing, I was, I was 
in my front yard and I had gloves on and I heard and I'd heard there was movement at our front thing. We've had people walk into our new house, like randomly just walk into it. They think it's, you know, my neighbor is, they think it's his house. Yeah. And so they just walk in and I don't, I don't know the right way to say that. I don't know the right way to say what I'm trying to say. He's an intimidating yeah. neighbor. It's, it's an intimidating <laughs> neighbor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would people just walk into Pat Sajak's house? Because, because people think, because for some reason, they are getting the number that they're giving out for that person. It's confusing. Is our number. Oh. They're good. They, they gave it out. It, one guy was, um, it, one, one was a, a moving truck or a, um, like someone that was dropping off something. And they just pulled up, and then they walked in our front yard and then walked up to our door. One dude just walked right into our house. Georgia was like, can I help you? The guy's like, that's terrifying. It's terrifying. And then I got I got your instinct when someone goes into your house, like, what the fuck do you need? Yeah. Right? And that guy was not the guy to say that to. Yeah. And, and and then you're like, what? So I started keeping whatever. Started, what did oh, your bull mastiffs do? Fucking nothing. Mac did nothing. Oh Mac was like snoozing and i was like mac get the fuck up and then mac got up and went over and barked the guy but you know what's crazy is i got ballsy with the guy and the guy did not he was actually pretty apologetic because he was not breaking into my house yeah yeah he was just at the wrong house and he was like i mean i think he saw george and was like oh cool there's some young chicks here uh, have you ever been that guy i've ever walked into the wrong house before never <laughs> and by the way i've we've had that happen yeah a lot I did it one time after Hurricane Andrew. Uh, my buddy, his house was destroyed, so they moved into a rental townhouse. So I was going over there for a sleepover, and uh, I'm in, like, ninth grade, right? And I, I think I remember which ones is his. I mean, I was positive I knew which one was his, but they all look the same, right? So I walk up, and I bang on the door. My mom already pulled out the leave, right? She dropped me off. I'm, I knock on the door. And I hear just a, someone yelling this. And I assume it's his mom going, come on in. Right. So I open the door and I walk in and there's a lady who just obviously jumped out of the shower, probably terrified and had a towel around her. And she's peeking around the corner and I don't have great eyesight and especially in low light situations. And I just still thought it was I was in the house. I was like all the way in about to go up the stairs. And I just assumed it was his mom. And I'm just like, hey, Mrs. Powers, how you doing? And she's like can I help you? And I go, no, just go upstairs and hang out with the guys. And she's like, what are you doing in my house? And I'm like, Pat invited me. And this lady probably was terrified. And then it just clicked. And then I was really like, I don't hear people upstairs. The lights are off. That's not Pat's furniture. Yeah. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I think I have the wrong house. And I just turned on and ran. <laughs> but it can happen easier than you think. We had, there was a guy that came to one of my buddy's houses and just walked in the backyard and we were having people over, and the guy just sat down and was, was just like a wedding crasher, but just talking to us. And we were talking to him, and he had meant to go to the next the, the neighbor thing, and we were, we had been so pleasant and so nice. <laughs> yeah, and we were like, so what, uh, how do you know what what you call it? And he was like, oh, I don't actually know him. I know this other guy. And we're like, oh, okay. And and like it was just, uh, yeah, just at the wrong party, just at the wrong party, and it was right next door. But you know, you live in a very nice house now, and you know when I grew up. Or when I lived in Miami, I had a nice house at the time. Um, and my wife never felt safe in that house. Even though, you know, it's it, you have a fence and an alarm system and it's a nice house with, with you know, locks and thick windows. She never felt safe in that house. Yet now in our little tiny L.A. house, you know, she feels very safe. And it, I think it has to do with just the fact that it's you, you can you 
You can see all corners of your yes. house. Yeah, <laughs> you I, see all I four hear windows. my. Can't I get in there. Can't get in there. I can't hear get my. In there. Yeah, I hear my my gate when it creaks. If yeah. someone was in the other room, uh, there's a chance someone in my in my family has an eye on every room at every time. Yeah. My neighbors are three feet away. My neighbors text me all the time when I'm on the road and go, "Is someone supposed to be at your house?" And I go, "Oh, uh, yeah, they're uh, the Amazon guys dropping something off or whatever." You know? So I just know that, yeah, no one's sneaking into my house. <laughs> well, I have, uh, I have, I have hidden weapons all over my house. But well, what's your favorite hidden weapon? That's not a gun. Uh, hatchet. I've hatchets, hatchets everywhere. I've hatchets everywhere. <laughs> I have a machete and then the small Louisville, and I think of kind of like hitting with the machete and then using the Louisville as a hammer. To get it really through i have oh. i have i have a fantasy <laughs> you're gonna chisel them yeah i'm gonna ch- it's, i've been thinking about them fucking I, ha- I have a fantasy of of dude breaking into my house and me throwing a hatchet like at those bars Fuck yeah. and, like but it's two dudes and i throw it and it hits him center in the head and sticks and he goes like this and his other friend goes what the fuck <laughs> That is a dream. And it's me and Steve going, Bird, it's us. Bird, yeah. it's us. Yeah. You, you killed doing? Andrew. Why are you drinking at 9 a.m.? I got a call from my sister, Cotty, and she said, uh, I'm worried about Annie. And I said, why? My other sister. She goes, her car is here, and it's been there for 25 minutes, and she's not answering her phone, and it's not her house. And so we were like, what the fuck? And they're like, she's like, I tracked her going home, and she got taken off the interstate over to this house and she has been there for 25 minutes and she won't answer her phone. So I grab my gun. I grab my gun in my lockbox, right? My bot lock, I have a lockbox for my gun that's only open by my thumbprint. I grab my lockbox, Leanne and I get in the car and I have my gun and I'm gonna go and I'm like gonna figure out what's going on with my <laughs> sister. Save because, my sister. Because yeah. they don't realize that we can track her. We can track everyone in our family. And uh, I am shaking, I'm so nervous. I'm shaking as we're pulling out. And uh, and then my sister, Cotty, calls and she goes, it's Andrew. She's at Andrew's house. And I went, oh, fuck. I was going to be busted into Andrew's house with a fucking gun. Where's my sister? <laughs> or she's like getting laid and then you just come in. And she's yeah. like, Whoa, sorry, buddy. Yeah. So but I was I was like I was like ready to fucking I was like, I'm. Oh. Do you still have your tasers? You guys I have all my tasers. Oh, yeah. yeah, the one I you got it. for us. I have it next Georgia to my head. Georgia has mine yeah. in her car. She has mine in her car. Um, I got a crazy taser story. Wait, let me hear it. So I like I used to sell drugs for a very long time, and one time I got robbed, and I owed my drug dealer these these drugs. And he goes, "Okay, you got to do this thing for me, right?" And he gives me this this. Uh, this taser is one of the police ones. If you ever had a taser, that shit's loud, like the yeah. real ones. Yeah, right. So he goes, okay. He goes, you're gonna sit here and it's here. You ever go? To, you ever go to like a real shitty apartment complex that's outdoors, right? And there's kind of like stairs going down. He goes, there's gonna be a guy walking past you with a Louis Vuitton duffel bag. All you gotta do is gack him, and then he goes, and then you don't touch nothing. You run straight forward and you jump into this guy's car in the back seat and we'll call it even. And I go, I go, okay. You know, cause I, it was like at this time, I'm probably like 17. I owe this guy probably six grand now, you know, whatever, but 17, six grand, you know, it was a good deal in your eyes. Yeah. It was, to me, I'm like, okay, I'll do this every weekend. Yeah, yeah, Shit. Yeah. If I just got to black people for six grand, I'm going to come up. I'm going to make 24 grand this week. Become the most non-lethal yeah. hitman ever. I mean, the glacking guy. Glacking. You hear Steve, you're coming. That's who's here. That's me knocking at your door. 
So the I'm lamest sit- assassin ever. So I'm sitting down at the bottom of the stairs, right? And I'm on my own uh, sidekick, the old phone. I'm just kind of playing pretend. I see the guy. He's coming right in front of me, right? And it's a, it's kind of, I'm kind of at a T where the, the sidewalk goes like this and it goes straight. So I can go straight and he's coming this way. And he comes right here and I go right into the back of the sweet me. Yeah. The guy hits the ground. He drops the bag. And this little black kid comes sprinting. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm going to have to fucking crack this 11-year-old kid. <laughs> And, you know, because I'm like, this was this is his backup was an 11 year old kid. So I'm like, I'm like, and the kid comes, grabs the bag like a fucking uh, uh, like a sprinter passing it off an Olympic yeah. and takes off the other way. Like it was a fumble. Yeah, like a fumble gets in that car. And then I realized that guy's on our team. That yeah. was the whole plan. And then I run and go straight into the other car. And then I got the whole thing. Uh, that would have been great if you. If you had tasered the guy who was on your side. <laughs> then everyone who keeps coming, I'm just clacking every human being just, who comes by. <laughs> and they all fall on top of the last one. So there's just like eight people stacked up on each side. I do not have the stomach for that. I when we went, It was scary. We went to Mardi Gras one year, and it's the first time I ever did coke. And we and people in, L, in Tallahassee were like, hey, man, if you can bring some back, that would be great. So it was, man... Scary to drop we, that. Uh, it was not. It was not a lot. I mean, it was ma- maybe like an eight ball. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I mean, yeah, not, not much. Literally, not a lot. So and fun. we drove it. We drove it from L.A. to no, from Louisiana to uh, Tallahassee. And halfway through, I just panicked and I threw it out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I man. just was like, I was like, well, you know, what's funny is I, I, I. This is none of this makes sense, but I, I dumped it. But I saved like a pinch at the bottom, like I dumped it, but knowingly saved a pinch, as if like a souvenir, as if no, as if if I got caught, I could say that ax. It really doesn't make any mm. sense. I would say, oh, that was an accident. I I dumped it out, uh, and then if I got home, there would still be a little there. Like it was like almost like yeah, it's it was- almost like uh like when you when you pour out. It's, it was it was hard to rationalize evidence. It was works. hard to rationalize why I did that, but I, I remember dumping it out, but saving a pinch, and then me and my buddy. Well, did they pay you for it? Maybe you were like, you know, it was like if you bought a pizza, and someone was like, "Yo, did you just take my money?" And you just you're like, "No, no," but I bought the pizza box. I don't remember if I don't. I think we got it for free because we got it. Well, because we it's did it deal. the first time I ever did cocaine. It was um, it was a rock, and they shaved it. Oh yeah, off, and it was. I mean, it was very it was very fantastic i mean I, I hate to say this out loud but it was like i mean it was like the, i mean I, I remember distinctly i don't know if this happens to everyone and it didn't happen to me every time but from this i did one snort on my nose and from this tooth over went numb yeah straight down my face straight down my mm-hmm. face That's pretty and good. i had to do the other side to even it out to even it out because <laughs> it was freaking me out like a stroke victim yeah this is pretty good i gotta say some of the best coke i've done and we had so much fun like I, i've never had that much fun in my life and and i remember telling people about it and my roommates not not all my roommates went to mardi gras it was me and this my one of my roommates and they were like you got to bring some back and i was like great and so i hit my buddy up and i was like hey can i get some for the road and he was like yeah of course how much do you want and i grew up with a guy that i i literally grew up with a guy how's he doing not good <laughs> Not good. Not good. He's not doing horrible, but he's not doing great. And if he's hearing this, I hope he's doing better. Um, and and he, he's hearing it. I hope I can get an eight ball. He just gave time. us because he grew up. It just wasn't like you never 
This sounds crazy, but we never bought drugs from each other. We just yeah. gave drugs to each other. Yeah, we had to take the drugs to Burning Man the first time we went. And there were some older guys, some veterans that were there. And they were like, bring the tents, bring all the good stuff. And then we're going to give you a bunch of mushrooms and some you know, other illegal yeah. stuff to bring over. And so we're driving from Colorado, me and Ted, first time to Burning Man. We're out in the middle of the night, driving the car. Uh, we get a flat. And so then it takes forever, and we're and we're out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. We take kind of this back road to get back there, and um, we it starts raining and stuff, and we're really late and stuff. So we're like, "Fuck it, let's just take some of the mushrooms right now. Let's just might, might as well take it for the drive." There's no other cars out there. We 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 pull up, and when the main thing is you got to get through Gerlock, the last town, before you get into Burning Man. You have to get through there because there's a bunch of cops, and we and you have to go super super slow and very reasonable and so that's the little town we were worried about but we had all we took some shrooms and we st and got all drunk and we were driving in and and that's we a good thought, way to make it through that town I know. yeah i know well it was a stupid yeah, thing to do and then um but we thought we could probably do it no problem but uh we started coming up and we just see all these lights going and all that we it looked like cop lights and stuff and we're like bark, 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 and we're tripping and i was like dead dead they're shooting lasers at us and stuff. And he was like, fuck, they are shooting lasers at us. And they actually probably were, but we were just like, started freaking out. And we just dump all the, all the shrooms, all the, we got rid of them. We were like, fuck, fuck, we're busted. We're totally busted. And we're, we're driving through the, the, we come through the town. There's cops all over the place. And we're like, fuck, they're going to bust us. And nobody does anything. And we're just like, oh shit. And we get out to Burning Man. You, 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 there's a half hour wait to get into the venue. And we're and we're in line and stuff, and we're creeping in. And then when you're going in, this guy comes up to us, and he's got, he's like a burner. He's got like shoulder pads. He looks like, you know, he's like he's like Mad Max. got costume like Mad Max. And he comes up and he goes, "You guys have your tickets?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we got our tickets." And he goes, he looks at him, he goes, "You ever been here before?" And we're like, "No." And he goes, "You got any drugs?" And we go, "No." And he goes, "Okay, well, get out of the car." And we're like, "Oh, we're fucked. We're we're going to jail right now." And we we both get out of the car. We're going to the Thunderdome. We're standing there, and and he goes he goes pull your pants down. <laughs> we're like what? Pull your pants down. We both pull our pants down, and we're in everybody's headlight and stuff. And he goes, "Welcome to Burning Man." And he just starts hitting our asses. <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, he's uh, wasted all our drugs. <laughs> would Burning Man be fun without drugs? Yeah, it's a it big would art. Still be fun. It's an art festival. No, Dave, yeah. not no, not for you. Yeah. Like, no. no, 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 not for me, not for you. If you're an artist and you are interested in art and you are and you have a spiritual side that is like tethered to the universe, you don't and, think they would appreciate you and me showing up and being yeah, like, you're, who you're wants not to funnel a beer. You're probably not the right kind energy. of person. I mean, you'd be, <laughs> yeah, you'd be a weird energy there for sure. <laughs> My mom yeah. was burning, man. Really? Yeah. She had fun? She, she did. She, my mom went to Burning Man. She spent thousands of dollars on costumes and like. Was this recently? No, it was like right when my parents were getting a divorce. Oh, okay. <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a divorce what a thing activity. to do. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd enjoy Burning Man. I, I don't like. Too I don't like. I, I like water. Yeah. You know what? You Bert, you would like it because the, the they call it radical participation. You and when you're walking by something, somebody's playing a game or doing something fun, they're like, get over here. And you would do it. You'd be like, all right, all right well, I'm I would, in. I would like that. I would also like, like if I could have sex with people there, mm. I probably would like running that. <laughs> but then you can't shower and you're getting like sandy, gross yeah, pussy. Like gross. they say when you get there, the first thing you're supposed to do is jump on the ground and roll around so that you just beat the dirt. Yeah. And now it's a party. And that's the least, I hate yeah. dirty sex. I like clean I, shit. I don't want, I don't, 
wait, you, do you have dirty sex? Do you have like mud yeah. clogs? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and everybody gets a UTI and stuff. Yeah. Oh, fun. Wait, <laughs> how, how, did you did you have sex at Burning Man, man's? Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like free a, love kind of stuff, man. Not 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 with random people. What's that? No, with the people I brought. With that dude. Thank you, with? Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I think I would like the costume part. But what's really <laughs> fun? Too, cool to so get this like Mad Maxed up, you know? That would be fun. You're cruising by, and you see all these guys. Like, like there's this, um, there's this these poles that are attached to um, like little uh, vests or whatever, like a, a way to strap yourself into this pole. Four people across, and and there's guys pulling that pole on either side, and you realize it's a human foosball table. Oh. Like with real people, and and they're just like, get over here, and you get yourself strapped in, and you start getting yanked around, and you're trying to um, play soccer and stuff. That. Like it's fun. There's crazy, fun I don't ridiculous know. things like that. I want to see some sexy Burning Man costumes. I, I it's very Mad look Max. Up, look up festival. I wonder if I could just like go and just put on a costume and then just fucking raw dog a hundred women and just be, and then just come home and just tell the end that it wasn't me. Yeah. yeah, that's eyes wide shut. Is that, kind of stuff. Yeah, is that yeah. what Burning Man is? It's not really. That's not really what Burning Man is. It's it's well, it's whatever you want to make it. Really, what is Burning Man? Is it is an art festival, right? It's art, and then it's like it's kind of jumped the shark. It's, it's whatever you kind of want to do. Yeah, it's getting a little bit now. It's seventy five thousand people, and when we started several years ago, it was twenty thousand. So it's it, people do it for the Instagram pictures, you know. So it's not quite as cool. Burning Man. Naked. How about this, Bert? What a pussy print. This woman was walking around and she's like, Hey, you want a pussy print? And we're like, Yep. And and she she has glow in the dark paint and a roller. Oh, she was using like a stamp. And she and she takes the roller and puts it like on her butt and her pussy and she sits down on a piece of paper and gives it to you. And that's your <laughs> pussy print. <laughs> Fifty dollars a pop. So. How many how many years did you go or how many times did you go to Marty Robert? Uh I went to a lot, seven, but yeah. I never, and I never, no, more than that, probably 12 when you think about it, because I went it as an adult, too. Um, never kissed a girl. Isn't that crazy? I went never all- Never kissed a girl. I never girl. Yeah, I went my first four years of college, and I think that what was fun for me was figuring it out and getting good at it from year to year, right? See, so I can do it. Look at how big this guy's dick is. <laughs> like, that's immediately, I was like, I'd have the smallest dick, and I'd look so gross naked. Everyone would be like, "Ugh, this guy's got a fucking rod on him. It looks hard, and he's ripped. Look at how big his dick is." Yeah, what nothing saying, about Dave? it really makes me interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Steve. I think the dirt's a turn off. The dirt is a turn off. If we, if it was clean, we're, we're Jesus Christ, buddy. We're podcasting. All right, fuck all right, right buddy. How you doing? How all you right. doing? We shouldn't. That's why we <laughs> normally close you. the doors. Yeah, all right, we close it. Can I tell you one other instance? Yes, man. It's give me more. Give me more Bernie Man fucking. <laughs> we were pulling in. I was pulling in with my girlfriend, and there we. It's kind of. It's almost nighttime. That that it's it. We we have our headlights on, but it's not completely dark. We pull up, and there's these people in the headlights. These two pe These this couple, and they're fucking, and just right in the middle of the street, kind of like where you have to pull in. And they weren't. We were had our headlights on them, and. They weren't moving. They weren't doing any. They were, I mean, they were moving, but they weren't going to get out of the yeah. way. So we just turned the truck off and turned the headlamps, the headlights off. And we just sat there and watched them fuck. And then they finished up. He finished up. They got up and left. And we were just like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. A week later, we're cruising by. I'm going by there with my girlfriend. She crashes 
and she sees a, um, or she, she crashes and it kind of hurts her leg. This lady comes running out and goes, oh, do you want some chocolate? And she's like, yeah, I would like some chocolate. And she's like, oh, you poor thing. And she's Wait, trying was to- was this her... a dream you had? No, but it doesn't make sense. But uh, Well, basically we came back to the same place a week later and this lady goes, a week ago, this couple crashed in together. They didn't know each other and they just started fucking. Oh, they were strange. And that was who we had seen. It was yeah. like they they had crashed into each other on a bike and then they and then the guy was like, Are you okay? And she's like, Oh, I'm okay. And then like, hey, you wanna hook up? And it's and like Reese's just... peanut butter. You're like, You got my dick in your pussy. You got your pussy on my dick. <laughs> and Here you go. got it on. I just yeah. shared a link with you guys. Pete's really into it. It's naked oil wrestling at Burning Man. And it's just dudes. You could oh, cool. look up um festival look or something like that. Do you want to find Instagram. out? You want to find out if you're gay real quick? Wrestle with another dude, naked, covered in oil, and just see if you get hard. Do you think you? All these guys are hard. Every all, guy in this picture, they're, they're all, all hard. hard. AF. Do you remember Turkish oil wrestling? I do. What are, you brought up tentacle porn today, and then we never heard it. It was just a sound bite. Oh, tentacle a... porn. You ever seen tentacle porn? Yeah. No. Japanese Ooh. stuff. There's Jap a lot of stuff I got into for a minute and then dropped it out of. Turkish oil wrestling was one of them. It's just dudes in leather pants. And uh, and they, they try to grab inside the pants to, to move them. It's fucking homoerotic as shit. It, it is a sport. It is. Dave, it is you'd like it. Yeah, it's, that's got days. I just, it's a legit sport. And no, it there's is. nothing gay about it. I just like uh, wrestling, you know, friends. It's yeah. just an oil guy. A couple, <laughs> I think it's a true test of uh, camaraderie and friendship. And what do you think the strength? perfect amount of, of women to oil wrestle would be with? Like the amount of women? Like if, if, I said, if I said tonight. Do I still want to win or I'm trying to fuck? No, no, just you can't fuck. You can't fuck, right? But, okay, you can't fuck. But you got to hope that enough friction of the oil wrestling makes you come. Oh, three. three. <laughs> I can already picture a boob. Like, there's a lot of boobs going on, a lot I of do things. Eight. I do eight. Eight women. I would eight and eight. And yeah, I would do It's like a whole women. softball team yeah. against you. <laughs> well, that's a bad visual, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the question I posted today. Porn fantasy. You go to a porn fantasy weekend. Well, porn star funny. fantasy weekend who do you want to see as your porn star fantasy weekend i don't even the only name i could even tell you is Gemma jane Gemma jenna Gemma. 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 No, it's a Gemma. black one a jamma jamma jammer a jamma jamma um, but you don't look at porn i don't know any porn stars <laughs> is this names. is this uh is this character dave now or is this no real dave? i just generally it's never been something even if i watched porn i could never tell you what the actress's name is like i'm just not into that world that's oh, rude I know, that's rude I know a lot about I, the part of the fun of porn. I, you know what I could tell you? I could tell you if you're going to ask me that question, I could be like that one VHS that my dad had in 1982. Like, I can you don't watch porn now. You I can remember specific now? people. When you jerk off, what do you jerk off to? Not porn. It would have to be a very. Wait, what do you jerk off to? Baseball? Uh, water no, I have a great imagination. Danny has a veto. You just close your eyes. And... Danny has a veto. Tony has a veto. Just water polo flubs where they pull their pussy to the side. Have you ever seen that? Easy. Dude, have you ever seen that? They they water polo, they grab the bathing yeah. suits and just pull each other's pussies. It's fucking aggressive. It, it's uh. On the it's called under, defense. The underwater cameras on the first Olympics um, that the that they had female teams in, they didn't think about the fact there'd be a lot of uh, wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> so yeah, no. NBC cutting away a lot. Yeah, and it's Salabia floating. Oh, see, 
Um, I mean, I can look up some porn stars just on wait, my who history. Do you, do you, am I the only one that still uses porn to jerk off? Uh, yeah, no, I'm right here with know. you, buddy. Me Pete, and you. Do you use porn to jerk off? Let's go. This chick. Man, yeah. do you use porn? Of course, but I don't Dave, know. Dave, so you're lying right now? No. Are you, hang on, Dave. Dave, are we getting? No, are super, we getting? Are we getting Christian Dave right no, now? I'm being super honest with you. I would. It would. It would be like an emergency situation where I'm like, man, I need some help today. Then maybe I would look something up, but I wouldn't watch it long enough to watch the credits and find out their name. So at when the you end. close your I eyes, I would just be like two minutes of watching it and be like, hey, that helped. Yeah, yeah, that's what we all do. Yeah. So if you you close your eyes and then you think of what? <laughs> um, I probably exactly what you're watching. I just think of it. Turkish you know, wrestling, Turkish <laughs> wrestling. So you don't know any porn star. Do you know any porn stars? I know. Yeah, Bella Danger, Remy LaCroix, Adriana Chechnik. Um, Adriana Chechnik's well, pretty fucking. Awesome. I think yeah. If I could get her like a year in, that's what I want. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, I think what she does now is fantastic, and sex workers are great. But you know, it's like, do I want to buy a tire when it's like new or when it's a little bit balled out at the edges? Uh, I want balled out at the edges. <laughs> yeah. I want balled out of the edges, and I want to see the shit you've gotten good at. I want to see, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I don't want a porn star on the first day where they're doing shit they've seen, right? Think about it. It's like an open mic. It's like a comedian. Yeah. It's like an open micer. Wow, great. Adriana Chechik, when she started, was doing impressions of what she thought Jenna porn Jameson, stars would yeah. do. Now when you watch her, she is doing what she does. Yeah, it's her and point of view. Yeah, it's her, it's her point of view. <laughs> And and POV, it's, it's her same, POV. Same with yeah, Jenna. I never, thought, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think the and I think that's what's cool. What's crazy to me is that some porn stars only did it for like a month. Yep. And then they're porn stars forever. That was that India or the uh, one chick with the big tits, super famous Mia Khalifa. Mia Khalifa. Mia Khalifa did it for a week. Yeah. She did it for one week of her life, and then now that's what people call her. And by the way, I I actually. I've actually listened. I remember listening to interviews. I had a friend who interviewed her, and it was like they had like a war about it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I, that would make me fucking crazy if I did something for a week, and then that's what I was defined." It's kind of like Angela Johnson, you know. She had Bong Quiqui and the Nail Lady thing, yeah. And then that was her for the rest of the time. Angela Johnson is the Mia Khalifa. Wait, now I'm curious Tony. though. So I know because yeah, that makes. But there's like a whole world. It's like I don't get video game worlds. Like you guys were talking earlier about which companies make which video games, and I've just other than playing Madden, like or something like that, where it's obviously very fun and easy to get into. I don't get into those worlds. I don't know any of anything about any of that stuff. And I guess porn's like that now too, huh? Where it's like people know the the different actors of which studios make it, and there's like no, not, porn not, awards. Not, I wouldn't now. say. I wouldn't say. I would just say that people are people are it, 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 it's, familiar with the people the the stars of the industry okay but i guess what i'm saying is it's not just something that you use as a tool it's something that people are into as like the culture and the entertainment of it i wouldn't say we're into the culture of it it's just like all of a sudden you'll find someone good and then someone will be like have you like like adriana chechik is a perfect per perfect example people just started going have you seen her man she's fucking amazing same with jenna jameson jenna jameson it's like people stand out and separate them christy mack mia khalifa they separate themselves in any artist field and in any artist field themselves. and it's not like it's like owen gray i not i'm obviously i'm not i'm not like i'm not a dude centric porn guy but the guy's fucking different than everyone else he does it different and he just separates himself from every other guy and there was a whole period savannah sampson rocco Sofredi's, yep, like a whole period where like it was I mean, we when you went to the improv, you would do shows with the Vivid Girls. 
The Vivid Girls would get on stage with you. They go oh, up. On, oh, really? it was crazy. Savannah Sampson came on stage one time and showed me her pussy in the middle of my joke, trying to distract me. And She's in like, the audience? On stage with me. There's a picture, but you can find it. There's a picture of Savannah Sampson showing me her pussy on stage. It's on Facebook. It's <laughs> <laughs> old. It's on MySpace. It's on Me, Vine Nick right Thune, now. and Tom Segura did that show. But it's like, but I think most straight men use some sort of tool when they masturbate they don't just i don't not a lot of dudes just close their eyes and imagine i mean no i don't want to do that it's yeah. like it's imagining is like the unicycle i'm already at the car you got yeah. like so many things you got to get through i'm flying through on a bmw right now i i'm a hmm. i'm a close my eyes person but it's also part of it is also the sex. Yeah, but you also lived on a futon with a dude for a long time. You oh, had to get yeah. good Can at you it. Afford I, a lot internet yet? I have some good memories. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, sextortion. Have you heard of this stuff where they will will record your webcam of you jerking off and then oh, send yeah. it to your parents and oh, your family? Happened to a like friend that. of mine. Yep. I'm fine with that. I just always think about that whenever I put it on my phone and I just like My buddy got one of those messages and said uh, it said ten thousand dollars or this video gets yeah, released to your family or whatever. And he was like, Well, but you shot too high because I'm never going to come up with 10 grand. So he's like, I'll give you their email address. He's like, he's like, I'm never going to be able to pay you. Wait, so. this, that's not real. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a fake yeah. email that people send, but email. I've gotten it too. You've gotten it? Yeah, I've gotten that. Oh, I wonder if I've got It's actually real. No, I saw a Vice it, article about it, a Vice piece on it, how it's, it is real. They actually do it and then they'll, they just get money that way. It's not, it's, you have to be a pretty good hacker to do it, though. So it's not super You're going to have common. to release mine on the internet, and yeah. it's going to be my fucking cross to bear for the rest of my life. I don't care. Yeah. what? No no one I know is looking to watch me jerk off. So if my parents saw it for two seconds, they're not going to finish the there's, film. There's a couple that I'd be really embarrassed of. I remember one time <laughs> thinking, if anyone's recording this, this would not go down right. I was listening to the eulogy of Patrice O'Neill's... <laughs> funeral and i just porn came up and i kept listening but watched the porn and jerked off oh, to them eulogizing patrice yeah probably and that would not be a good one to luckily um, no one will ever I, hear about I, that i i don't know for me i guess the thing that's more exciting is um the backstory and the and the per like like if, if if you're at a strip club right hold on hold on what? are you talking about when you imagine do you do backstory in no, your head just sexuality <laughs> uh, you're like probably like, yeah Dave's sitting there in his car and he's like hmm someone's pipes are leaky uh, he's got oh, a wait, storyboard oh, wait, oh, outline yeah oh wait I'm more interested she in she can't the... really reach the pipes but she's bending over yeah. there's a knock at the door <laughs> hold on she gets up she walks over to the door her nipples are peeking through her blouse is that what you do. Well, she I said, do you know water polo? Coach Dave wants to fix them, I'm sure. Right? Yes. Yes, 100%. But I'm more interested in, like, uh, for me, I think there's there's something sexier and uh, more arousing about uh, two people that are fucking in the street, like bandsaw. And now I'm like, well, that's I want to know how that happened. And I want to know what's up with those people, you know? Then just another hot chick who comes on screen of a in a sea of a thousand hot chicks uh who i probably know exactly what her story is no, boring I, as shit. i would rather see i would rather see people i know naked than people i don't know naked if that's what you're saying no i don't like yeah. it would be cool if you were like if you if you could go through the day and be like and be like uh type in um uh flight attendant oh American like that oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> flight yeah that 707 blonde hair and then it yeah, she, yeah you'd she be like, flirted with you a little bit and then you like know a little bit of her backstory and then 
Now we just sound like pervs. The, That's uh, OnlyFans, yeah, right, though. I think right. I think it's OnlyFans. You guys are OnlyFans is uh, it's interesting what's going on OnlyFans. I didn't know you were more supposed to sign up for people's OnlyFans because I, I if I if someone shows on OnlyFans, I always try to support them and I sign up for their OnlyFans, <laughs> and then everyone's like, "You, Bert bought my OnlyFans," and I was like, "Yeah, but then why would you have it if you didn't want people to buy it?" Like yeah. I thought we were doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. should I should you. I hide it? Yeah. Like Ugh. I don't know. I I definitely I was driving from Malibu. Is when we were shooting trip flip, we were, I was driving from Malibu back to the valley, and I was with Tyler, and we were driving through the canyons, and we saw a car at one of those turnouts, and the car's there, and a girl's leaning into the window, and a guy's standing outside the car, just right. fucking her, and he gave us the thumbs up, and we were like, just kept driving, like, yeah, That's it's awesome. it's way cooler to see stuff in real life, obviously, but it, and you you probably we probably all know every time we've ever seen anybody doing it in real life right we have a a file that's a half dozen of them right there was yeah, but girl. if you start jerking off to somebody doing it in real life then you're a weirdo then you're a creep <laughs> yeah. there was a i'll oh, tell I'm you a what, bad guy now one of jerking the off most to you guys erotic things ever there was a senior when i was in seventh grade there was a senior who was fucking her boyfriend in the weight room every day during their break hell yeah they would go up to girlfriend. the weight room and you could watch her fucking head bob as she rode him on the weight bench. And I remember, and the girl, what's even crazier is the girl that I was dating in seventh grade, but I, I wasn't technically dating her. We just kissed a few times and, and we were kind of hanging out and dating, but we, all we did was really kiss. Um, and we kissed a, a bunch. It was like nice. fucking awesome. She was hardcore turned on. She's in eighth grade. And she was like, they go up there and fuck. We got to go watch them. And so she brought me in. I'm in seventh grade into the into the gymnasium. And we watched them walk up. And we watched them fucking bang on the thing. And you see the girl's head. And she's like looking around. And we're just sitting there like, I've n- I think about that so much. Yeah. I think, and what's crazy is seventh grade, I was like, that's all I want in life. That's all I want. <laughs> if I can just get that. If I can get there. I remember going in 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 11th grade or 12th grade we went up to um these are like this is crazy how i think about sex in 12th grade we went to i was i had lost my virginity um but i was not like comfortable with sex i was like bad at in 12th it. grade i lost it in 11th grade but in 12th nice. grade we went up to um university of florida went to the sae house and scott Bobier's brother jay Bobier let us stay at his in his house we partied and we you know everyone got fucked up and and then the next morning jay bobeer got up for school and the hottest fucking chick in the world just had one of his fraternity shirts on and nothing else you could see her tits through the shirt she no panties and she was just in his bed and she was like when are you coming back and he goes uh, i got this class and then i'll be back and she goes well get rid of these kids and let's hang out and and he was like hey be out of here in an hour and we were like i was like what what are they doing like an idiot and his brother scott's like they're fucking and i was like oh my god if i one day could have a girl waiting in bed for me i would go to class and be like okay i'm gonna bust my ass really hard for this hour and then i'm gonna go back (laughs) and then it happens and it's never as good as that probably imprinted on you as the the brawless shirt well maybe that's just brawless brawless dude i am 
Yeah. Har- I'm a hardcore soccer for brawlers. Like when- Isn't that the greatest oh, trend it's to happen best. in the last There's- 10 years? That women feel so strong, and I'm happy that they're... But, God damn, when you get to see a faint nipple underneath a T-shirt, there is nothing better uh, in the goddamn world. But it, it coincides with the trend of them not shaving their armpits, too, though. Uh-uh. What? Not in LA. It's like a thing now. People don't shave their armpits. Wow. Yeah. Whatever. As long as I see nipple, I'm fine. <laughs> I like and by the way, that's and I'm talking about like Leanne yeah. is not a bra person. And she will not wear a bra if like if up until the doorbell rings. When the doorbell rings, bra goes on. Yeah. I could do I would do anything around that house for her as long as that bra's not on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking hot. And she just is like, ugh. And I'm like, what the fuck? If, and by the way, I walk out in a pair of pajama pants with no underwear, and everyone's like, "Dad, but- <laughs> it doesn't work." That it doesn't work the other way. Isn't it funny how there's certain like trends or looks or something throughout the decades, but certain ones just hit you? Like I remember in college, it became trendy for girls to wear. Uh, they would wear a really, really tight white shirt with a uh, baggy overalls over it. And I thought it was the cutest thing uh, for chick. Whenever a chick would be on campus wearing that, that, I was just, huh? I never, I was in college when you were in. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Maybe it was short. Our thing was, our thing was, um, this was like the hottest thing was girls would wear tops that buttoned in their crotch. Do you remember that? Yeah, though they yeah. do that again right now. And yeah. and, and their jeans, you could see yeah. the sides of their hips mm-hmm. out of the things. Right I just remember being like, motherfucker. Yeah, do you that. remember you remember low rise pants in the two thousands? Yes. Where it would I go do. right above Yes. The, you could see right a little there. bit of pubic hair. Oh my yeah. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, Brittany that's oh. the best the best example. If you and could then, bring that with no bras, I think oh. we met the met the pinnacle of fashion. And I'll start working I like out. That's fashion. Grown women with pigtails. <laughs> Grown women with pigtails. No pigtails. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I'm not. Pigtails remind me of little girls. I yeah, can't, I'm not a pigtail. That's guy. probably that's probably fair. I, like, yeah, because that's all my. That's all just little girls. Yeah, you got shit. daughters. I'm very curious about where your fantasies go now. <laughs> <laughs> Overalls and pigtails <laughs> and pigtails and. <laughs> No visuals, He's just like, imagination. Ah, backstories. Right I feel like I'm learning a lot about myself from this conversation, guys. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here soul searching a little bit as you guys are talking, and I think another thing about porn to me, and maybe you're not supposed to say this out loud because people will be offended. Um, but you're in children. that industry. No, man. No, I, 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 it's a little sad to me. You're getting. Sad. You're get, By the way, you're getting an accent. Do you, does anyone else catching that Dave's creating an accent? <laughs> You're getting a, you're getting a Midwest accent. Maybe co- the COVID. I don't accent? know you, but you have you have defini- definitely picked up a Midwest. Accent. I, I do that a lot when I hang out with people that have yeah. an accent, but I haven't hung out with anyone. It's, I've been in quarantine for two weeks, so I don't you're know like, where it's I got a little it. Bit sad. Maybe I've been watching this show called The Witcher. Maybe I picked it up from that. No, it's a uh, no. That ain't porn good. is I'm not. Por- like you can find budget, the sad uh, part of, of porn if you look for it, but you can also find the but, empowering part of porn. I, I'm sure, but. Maybe that's why I should get to know some of the stars and stuff and know their story because I watch it and I just always default to the the sad one. I'm like, I, I worry. I'm worried about that. that See, person. that's how I feel about strippers. Whereas, <laughs> where there's the third wall or whatever with the porn yeah. stars, I do you feel you sad do what, for but, strippers, Dave? Uh, but when <laughs> but, you feel sad for strippers, but with Dave? the strippers, you're right there. You can make a difference in their life. You can <laughs> by giving them one dollar at a time. Yeah. By giving them one dollar at a time and throwing it at their pussies. <laughs> This is You're making a big difference. Making it your <laughs> life. I'm Coach Dave. <laughs> Let me Thank make a you. difference Good for you. Night. You're welcome. <laughs>
I don't understand how you can be into strippers but not into porn. I don't know. I'm, do you think I would like strip clubs? I've never been before. <laughs> the freaking games last week. Holy shit. How great were the fucking games last so week? Good. Holy shit. Well, we got four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs, and that means that only four teams are left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56. New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. God, I love DraftKings. I love DraftKings. DraftKings is like the, the established place where you know you know you can go and they'll take care of you. It's like it's like I don't want to say the the McDonald's, but you know, yeah. they're probably it's it's like the Mercedes Benz. It's definitely the one that I trust. It's so it's, uh, I'm the only one I, I it's what I've always been using. If you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code BIRDCAST and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That promo code is BIRDCAST for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, you got to be 21 must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum five deposit and a $1 wager require. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. As soon as I wake up, I'm on the go. The second my feet hit the ground, I like to get on the treadmill, and I like to start rolling my day. I start with my gratitude. I get my coffee. I go to my computer. Next thing you know, it's noon and I haven't eaten anything. No wonder I'm hangry. But what are my options? Run through a drive-thru and grab something? Uh, no, it's not good for me, and I think I don't want to die of a heart attack. That's why I have Huel. Huel has helped me stay on top of my health, and I cannot thank them enough. Huel Human Fuel provides all the carbs, proteins, fats, and fibers, and 27 essential vitamins and minerals you need, and everything is plant-based. They have a wide range of convenient, on-the-go options for someone who wants to eat, Healthy, but doesn't have a ton of time, like me. <laughs> Huel powder comes in the classic flavors like vanilla, chocolate, salted caramel, and more. Just mix it with water, and in the free shaker that you'll get with your first order, you're good to go. There's also pre-mixed, ready-to-drink options that help you save even more time. For even more protein, less carbs, and naturally gluten-free, there's gluten-free, there's Huel Black Edition. It's the ultimate human fuel. And Huel's new hot and savory meals, are fantastic they've got mac and cheese mexican chili thai green curry and a few others that you have to try and they take less than five minutes to make i'm telling you right now sometimes when i get overwhelmed and i haven't eaten and i'm and i'm, and I'm running through the kitchen i don't want to sit and try to heat up some stuff real quick and hope that i'm gonna just feel better i love to grab a huel and then know that i'm taking care of until dinner time it's great if you're trying to stay healthy huel is proof that fast food can be good. I love it. And you're going to love it too. And right now, you can get free shipping on your first order plus a shaker and a free t-shirt. Go to Huel.com slash Burt. That's H-U-E-L dot com slash Burt to get free shipping on your first order plus a shaker and a t-shirt. Huel.com slash Burt. Strip clubs do make me weird. I don't like the strip club. It does. I don't either. 
I, I do. Did. Yeah, I know. I know that's fine. I, I just never. I just. So this is my thing about strip clubs, right? If let's say what you go there, 100, 200 bucks. I think if I went on a date with a girl or let more, a lot more. Okay, a lot more. By the way, hang on. Let's restart this. If you go, you're not taking out any money. No one's ever paid for anything out of their strip club. I'm I'm be giving everyone cash. Keep going. <laughs> but I've never gone with you yet. So, but let's say I go on my own. I got 200 bucks. I think if I just took a girl out with 200 bucks, I could probably fuck and it wouldn't Yeah. But that's not what a strip club's no, about. It's not, yeah, You're strip not, clubs. Uh, strip clubs more. See, I maybe a, haven't done it's it. It's a party, a camaraderie. Yeah, it's like it's like more of like a a, a, a an event. It's not. It, this is gonna sound weird, but it's not about sex, and it's and it is about naked women, but it's more about guys. I don't know, getting to getting to getting to be guys around each other, and that's why I never understood when guys brought their chicks to strip clubs. I was like, now you're making it about sex. Like when I, I I knew a dude who him and his wife would go to strip clubs and they get lap dances together and I'm like, ugh, exactly. Yeah. And then he was like, she likes it, and I was like, no, it's, it's like getting that- a massage as a couple. Like, isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> it's like I don't understand. I never understood that because I was like, when I get a lap dance, first of all, I'm not I'm not trying to fuck her. I don't know. It's just. And by the way, I haven't gotten a la- I haven't gotten a lap dance in a while. But the last lap dance I got, I think, was at Christie's in Cleveland. And I pulled the plug on it, and I was like, "I was like, honey, I think I think you're trying to get me to cheat on my wife." Yeah, yeah. She was like, "That's the point, right?" And I was like, "No, it's not the point." So yeah, I think I like, I, I, but I grew up in Florida, and I I think that was kind it, of like strip the, clubs are very. It was like going to a bar in Florida. Yeah. it was just very normal. People would just go and hang out. And we should a strip club tonight. I'm there, down. I've only been to a strip club in Mexico. So oh my that's, god, no, that's, Steve! That's only for sex. You're not like yeah. hanging out, being like, "This is fun." You're like with some like. Dude from like Hong Kong who's like throwing yen at some woman never, and yelling yeah, at her. You never want to gnarly. Yen. That's yeah. a great way to talk about cum. I'm <laughs> just tossing yen at this bitch. You never want to do anything for the first time in Mexico, Mexico because yeah. the the bar is not like I, I got my first massage at a resort in Mexico. And looking back on it now, because I've gotten a lot of massages, I was like, that guy definitely molested me. <laughs> <laughs> at the time I thought I was like, this is what happens in a massage. It's like an a lot of kissing. Yeah. They normally spend a lot of time on your inner thigh. Like it's a that guy definitely <laughs> molested me. Yeah. But then after you get three or four other, you're like, mm, hasn't been one like that first one. Yeah. No, Mexico's a bad place to go to your first strip club. So is South Africa. So is Russia. Like those are be- those are different than strip clubs. Are more like brothels. Yeah, they. And- I went to the Hong Kong club, and that's like fucking gnarly. Like to the point where I was like, I'm just gonna stay back because there's like people putting whipped cream in things that aren't supposed to have whipped cream in them. Yeah, and there's like throwing things, and I don't want nothing. I don't. I don't want to go strip club where there's a splash zone. Dude, we went. There was a. There were some really sketchy strip clubs in tampa growing up the one was called seven seas well mons venus was like mons uh, venus creme creme. mons venus was next level yeah. here's the deal if you got your grooming at mons venus as a high school kid and then you took what your skill set was at a strip club from mons venus into any other strip club in the world you were running at a different pace than everyone else you're yeah. like literally sitting down like uh Hold on, I'm gonna change pants for this lap dance. And they're like, what? You're like, umbros. I'm putting on umbros. And they're like, of course. <laughs> it was, it was Mons Venus was, I mean, they would all but play with your dick. I mean, like, I mean, my but this is here's the crazy thing is like we went to Mons Venus when we were in high school, and so no one had extra cash for a lap dance. Yeah. Like no one could get a lap. You'd be like, 
Well, where are you going to get fucking $20 for a lap dance? You just went in and looked at naked girls. Yeah, there was like 50 girls on the floor at one time, right? Like on staff. And they were all smoke shows. Every one of them was an A. You know? Yes. And, and it was just like you walked in there and it just the place was alive. You know, um, I think I'm moving this camera around, by the way. Oh, you are. That's a mess. Well, here then, I got a quick question. Oh, well, you do yours. No, I'll ask my question. I was going to tell you that the first time I went to a strip club was um, in high school, my senior year of high school. And my parents went out of town. And so all my buddies said they were going to, told their parents they're going to sleep in my house. So we're shooting pool and uh, hanging out and listening to music. And it's like midnight or something. And one of the guys is like, let's go to a strip club. I heard about this place down in Homestead that just lets people in and check IDs. Homestead's like the redneck part of Miami, right? Yeah. So we get in the car, we drive down there. It's literally a double wide trailer. Uh, we got, we walked in. There's no one at the door, so we just walked in, and they, the stage was just a door from like another room, and they had made, they had stacked uh, egg crates like two high, and they outlined a uh, stage. So then she would just be inside the egg crates, right? Oh. So the guy walks over to us. We're already in there, and he just starts going, "I'm gonna need to see IDs, boys." And we're pulling, like, you know, shaky, pulling our IDs out like he's just going to magically be okay with it. And then he looks at my one bud who looked really young, and he goes, you could just hit the door right now. <laughs> so then we were like, like, well, if you don't let him in, we don't want to stay either. And we yeah. stormed out. We're, like, scared, right? So now now we're like, dude, we got to we gotta get in somewhere, right? Now the, the, the seed's been planted. We stopped at every strip club from there uh, to South Beach, right? And we just got denied, denied, made it, like, five minutes at this one, got denied, you know? So we finally go into Club Madonna and they just kind of like you could write your birthday down on a napkin and show it to them. And they're like, cool. And go yeah. in, you know. So we go in there and it is just uh, like we can't believe we're in there and they don't serve booze. So it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. So that's why they kind of didn't care, you know. So we're having a blast and we probably had like 20 or 30 dollars a piece on us and we blew that real fast. Right. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to the ATM. Right. And I go out to the ATM. And it was like $15 or something like that for the fee for the ATM. And I'm like, oh, shit, at the time at a high school kid, that's a lot of money. You know? $15 on an ATM? Yeah, because they knew you any money. Yeah. They were making the money somehow, right? So I decide, well, what I'll do is I'm supposed to go like back to school shopping tomorrow back or to whatever. School, back to school. Yeah. Back to school You're, shopping. There you go. Uh, you can go back for some strippers to an era. And so, so I, I'll just go, I'll just take all my, I'll just take a bunch of money out now and I'll pay cash when I go shopping and then that'll justify the high fee. Right. So I take like two or 300 bucks out. Well, it comes out of the ATM in Madonna bucks. It's fake money. You could only spend there. And I go up to the lady and I'm like, Oh, uh, I'm going to need to speak to a manager about this. Cause I'm going to need to exchange this for real money. And they just laugh in my face. And they're like, well, we could call the cops and you could talk to them. But I'm like, Nope, we're cool. Like, you know, oh so God. now I'm stuck with 300 bucks and I'm flipping out. Like, how am I going to explain this to my parents? It's a lot of money at that point. Yeah. So I had to spend the rest of the school year selling it off to other kids at my school for like pennies on the dollar. Oh my god! And just try to recoup as much money as I could throughout the year. Like, oh, if you show up with Madonna money, they'll be more likely to let you in, man. And he's like, "That's a good idea." Yeah, yeah. So wait, they just let you in? Yeah, yeah. You guys can get in totally this weekend. And I'm selling like, tell right, Dave me, sent you. Give me forty bucks. I'll give you fifty dollars of Madonna money. Here you go. <laughs> Here's my question, my and I want I want it I want it answered right now. Tampa, Atlanta, Houston. What's the best stripper city? Well, it, if you're black, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta, 100%. Atlanta's a... Mu um, the, the strip clubs, the black strip clubs in Atlanta are fucking through the roof. I mean, some of the best... Some of the best dancers, strippers, 
you'll ever see in your fucking life. The pole work is meticulously pole amazing. Work? The pole yeah. work, dude. yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, they can do like around walking. And they, they got like a walking thing. Yeah, Tampa from and Tampa's more of like. I mean, like I don't. I mean up. this respectfully, but more. I don't mean this mean because I, I I plan on going to strip clubs in Tampa. More white trashy, like more like might get some. I don't know. Like I've been to a few. I, the last strip club I went to in Tampa was out in out in e, just on, on the cusp of Ebor. Uh, it was my buddy Cow had set it up, and it was like oh, well, probably fun. Yeah, it was it was fun, but it was like I don't know. It was I don't know. It was more like um, whatever. It wasn't it wasn't like uh, like Vegas has great strip clubs. Really used to. I can't say that they do anymore, yeah. but used to. Olympic Gardens was fucking amazing. Because it's going... more of a transplant. LA's got some pretty great strip clubs. They really? used to, yeah. Like um, Sam's is good? No, I went. We used to go Spearmint to Rhino? Cheetah's. Uh, never been to Spearmint Rhino. I've been you to can't drink, Rhino. right? I only want to go to a strip club that they get naked and I can drink. Because I don't want to see someone naked and I'm sober. That's fucking weird. It is a little weird. And then I don't want to be drunk and I'm only looking at tits. It's like, yeah. this is not, we're not me. And then you're paying for $15 uh, sodas. Yeah, it's like, I don't, what is happening? Here? I think Oregon is actually drinking and yeah. badge. Yeah. yeah. Well, Most strip, places There's are. a strip club. There are a few strip clubs right around here that open at six. There's that vegan strip club I sent you. Yeah. Dave, did you see that uh, that project I sent you? No. I sent you an ad for the project. It is a 75-hour Navy SEAL course. I'm in. That's amazing. 75 hours. The man searching for answers. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. They live frustrated, passive, and unfulfilled lives. I believe 97% of men fit into this category of quiet desperation, what I call the walking dead. But ask a man how he's doing, and the response always will be doing good. It's difficult for most men to admit they have a problem they're dealing with because they've been taught real men don't talk about their emotions. Real men stuff their emotions down, avoid meaningful conversations, bottle up their emotions until they flip their lids and blow it on someone. Well, brother, my name is Bedros Kulianlian, and I'm the founder of the Modern Day Night Project. All right. Well, can you give context to why that made you think of me? I don't fit in that category, but it's just that I've claimed that I think I could have been a Navy SEAL. Where's Where's Shane to explain <laughs> you, this? You, Dave said he could be a Navy SEAL. Now, here's the thing: and, is and, I think I don't, I don't, but I like the test of it—a seventy-five hour boot camp. Yeah, that's how many days? Now, Three days. I don't think I wouldn't have had that same drunken argument about whether I could be a Navy SEAL today. I think forty-three-year-old Dave and twenty-one-year-old Dave physically. Uh, is very different, but that would be fun <laughs> awesome. to do. And yeah, I think testing your limits. That's why I'm obsessed with the idea of swimming from Catalina because I just want to, I don't know if I could actually do it or not, but it'd be really fun to test your limits. At what point would you, here's the question. Do you give up easily? I do not give up easy. If there's something I care about. Cause there's like, it's interesting. If I get on a treadmill and like I did this the other day, the, the morning we left, I got on the treadmill and I started running and I thought, I'm not going to give up. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself to give up three times. Meaning, I'm going to go, I'm going to give up. I'm tired. And then I, I won't give up that time. I'm going to do it three times. And on the third time, I'm going to walk. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, and the first time I wanted to give up was at 10 minutes. And I went, okay, I'm good. The next time I wanted to give up was at 10 minutes and 10 minutes and 
uh, well, it was, it was two minutes after ten minutes. Twelve. So twelve minutes, and I was like, "Well, this I need to I need to shove this give up thing down because I only get one more of those." Yeah. And so I just sat there with one more give up, knowing that that's when I'd walk. And I just kept running, and I just kept running, and I went, "Oh, that's interesting. It's amazing how I." My first one was at ten minutes, which kind of makes sense. At a mile, you're like, "I should walk," and then I didn't. But the next one was in two minutes, and then I was like, "That came so fast." And the third one was another. 22 minutes of like oh nice. yeah it was i ran ended up running three miles yeah but see like running is another th- another story like i'm not a good runner i've never been passionate about running i've always thought running sucked so i i think it would be harder for me to push myself well hold on if you're talking about hold on that's the whole give up thing is like doing stuff you don't want to do it like i could definitely eat chocolate until i'm sick and then go people go wow i'm amazed he never gave up <laughs> The whole point about being a Navy SEAL is they're not doing the shit you really enjoy, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the whole definition. That's the whole definition. I love of, sitting in yeah. the ocean, freezing cold. And... Yeah, I, I would have enjoyed the uh, running's a definite part of this Navy SEAL thing. Yeah, yeah, that might be the in the sand. Yeah, that might be the that might be the deal breaker. All I see, all I see is uncomfortable clothes. Isn't that crazy? Is my tactile issues light up? I watched the video. It's pretty fucking cool they oh it's i don't think you sleep for 75 hours i'm almost certain you don't sleep for 75 hours and and it's 75 hours they do that that ocean thing where they interlock arms they do polar plunges i shot that the the making the grade and when they're actually doing the navy seal at what point in there did you think think you would have given up horrific it's the let me just just describe one of the things they do where they interlock the arms and they fall backwards into the surf together yeah the surf's coming over their face upside down you know and then they the guys will be in their full uniforms and then they'll have to run up this sandy incline and then they call them sugar cookies they lay down roll around in the sand Ooh. and then they do this several times and then they they'll go like pick up your rucksacks and run and they don't know for how long they have no idea. It might be running out of the beach, but when we did it, they they ran them for like 15 kilometers, Ugh. and they were so they had sand and stuff. I mean, yeah. it was nasty, and you couldn't. I mean, it's crazy what they do. It's yeah. If you're not a like fan fun. of running, you, that may not be <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, I don't think I understood what, what? A Navy Seal was. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like a and seal. You, to, you know, you go you on your kill back, people you too. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of dolphin trainer. What part of this did you think you'd excel at? They drink uh, beers, right, yeah, with their buddies know, on the sail. I, I got a little the part where you I, sit back after training and say, "I'm yeah. a Navy SEAL." <laughs> <laughs> the retired part. I feel like I could be a retired Navy I, SEAL very well. I get a little mouthy after a few IPAs, and maybe the most, <laughs> maybe the most, uh, the thing that I commit to the most is actually just arguing the argument that I could be a Navy SEAL, not actually being mm-hmm. one. But it was pissing Shane Gillis off a lot that I was so confident that I, because that I could be one, and I think I just enjoyed being a. Yeah. uh catalyst in that argument yeah yeah he, that was uh that was uh, that was one of the more epic conversations <laughs> we've had here and your well, teeth and you were, guys all your know teeth me. were your teeth were uh, like red. ford tempo maroon like <laughs> uh, red wine <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I could be an elite athlete i wasn't there for that one I'm oh sorry. it was <laughs> epic i mean no. but dave yeah. all but told someone that dropped out of the united states military <laughs> after a week or like two a month when he was a child all but told him the thing you had a hard time with i could do it at a higher level and easier 
And Shane was like, first of all, first of all, did you play high school football? And Dave goes, I did, freshman year. And he goes, why didn't you play all the things? Dave goes, I quit. And he goes, See, so Shane goes, so you quit? And he goes, no, I've never quit anything. He goes, you just said you quit in high school football. And he goes, Dave goes, I wasn't interested in high school football. Yeah. I, I, but see, this, <laughs> wow. this, is how, this is how I look at that situation. The I best know, part was I know he it's goes, not going to bode well for me. Is I look at it and go, hey, man, I thought I would like football and had the balls that none of my friends did to go, I'm going to go play football. And I went and played football in on a, in a place that is very competitive and hard to play football. And after doing that for a sample size of a year and a half, I go, eh, it's not that fun. That's like, it's a lot of times as a Navy SEAL, you go, this isn't yeah, that it's fun. It's not that fun. It's not that fun. <laughs> but then, I, tried, but I had the balls to try it's it. It's not that fun. I'm not having a, I'm not having a blast here. Yeah, I'm not having a blast. Hey, uh, Sarge, this isn't one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> when do the IPAs come in? Yeah, when do the IPAs come in? Yeah. Hey, can hey, we, where's, uh, where's the point where all the guys go to the bar and we sing in our, our whites and our, you know? Our can uniforms? I uh, stand up and give a yeah. give a speech to these guys? Because I'm better at that, telling them how yeah. I can do this oh, than man, doing I'd, it. I would give good military speeches. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was one of the more, the, my favorite argument was when Dave goes, Shane, I think you're forgetting the fact that I was a water polo athlete in college. And Shane goes, I think you're forgetting the fact that I played a real sport. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive him for that. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was, that was one of the more, but I, the 75 hours, I, that's a fucking, I, my anxiety would get to me pretty quickly. I'm not good at taking direction now is, as an adult. The thing is, it's crazy is there's, there, there's the time limits and stuff. You, you don't know what you're going to do. And, yeah. you, and that's what messes with your head. It's not like we're going to do a 10K and we're, it's not like you're training to do a marathon. They'll have you do bizarre stuff. They'll, they'll have you swim. And then you don't know how long it's going to, you're going to swim for. There's a swim. And that's what it messes with your head because it's just like, it would be like being in battle where you don't know when the battle's going to end. You have to yeah. just be ready all the time. Yeah, the only thing running I ever have is I'm like that. I can if I just meet to that one point, I can keep going and keep going. If I don't know that, I would I would quit so fucking quick. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I would love to. I would love to do this thing, the project. I would love to do it. I would love to try it. Let's do it. I would. Uh, well, I, I, I then I then I think to myself, I could probably would like spending the weekend with my daughters more. <laughs> yeah, oh, and then you'd be doing it for like three hours and you'd be exhausted and you'd be in the woods being eaten by ticks and I mean, stuff the and then you'd be like you've ever worked when's out lunch the longest i've ever worked out straight was the la marathon five hours and 33 minutes is probably the longest i've i take deserted energy and done exercise i've it. done that i've done that a couple times i rode my bike from philadelphia to new jersey i think the i think the thing you're lacking dave is is a project awareness no no a project like you need i i understand the i understand every man's want to test himself like i under I've, i really get that and i've done that a lot i did the i did the first tough mutter when the tough mutter first came out i did the first edition of the tough mutter and and i did it with my with andrew's brother who was in the army and uh and there is a fucking incredible value in testing yourself pushing yourself past your limit and surprising yourself there's a real value and i think that is what you're looking for or what you're maybe blindly looking for when you say statements like that and i understand that yeah i i, I feel like i've had that a lot of my life actually but now i'm at an age where that doesn't come along very 
often like yeah. where where have you had that a lot in your life well i've been able to test myself in sports and 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 in like spear fishing and in water polo and there's ath- things athletically i've done where you go all right i've uh shot a fish at 40 feet now i'm gonna try to shoot a fish at 50 feet you know and you push yourself and you you realize that you're good at this compared to most people you know what i mean but at this point in my life that doesn't happen i i don't go out and play masters water polo and and train enough to it's just fun now it's beer league you know it's beer league at this point so i think it is exciting to think that okay is there am i ever going to have that again is there ever going to be something i do and that's probably why people get into marathons and get into triathlons and stuff at this point in their life because i'm never gonna you know never gonna train hard enough to be good at when golf when i was your age when i was sports. your age that's when i did all that that's when i ran the la marathon yeah i did the triathlon i did the tough mudder i did the spartan race i did the I did all of them. I actually did all of them over a period of time. I actually did all. Of, I did the inflatable race. I did the chalk race. I did the fucking all of them. I have zero interest in testing myself whatsoever. Really? I'm done with tests. I'm just going to I'm coasting. I'm like the last two weeks of your senior year. I'm not showing up. I'm not writing anything down. I didn't you got bring senior, a back. You got I got the- senioritis for my life. I'm yeah. ready to die. I'm going to just put it on coast. I'm retired. Don't you have don't you have I wonder about that because you like when you did there is an athletic part of you that you just kind of ignore. Yeah. Like I can, I can put away pain very easy and put away things like that and just push through things. And, but I just don't, I just like you always have been talking, we've been talking nonstop about your happiness journal. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here and Jason Momoa's thing of just making him happy. And at this point in my life, you know, we've all had terrible lives and people have been worse than I just kind of want to be happy. And I think my life's going to a happy way. I'm just going to go full throttle towards the happiness. And as long as I don't blow out a kidney or gain 500 pounds, I'm just going to somersault down. I'm going to sugar cookie down that hill, but it's going to be sugar and cinnamon and IPAs. Yeah. And I'm just going to enjoy life until the wheels fall off. And I Do don't you feel like there's amen. any part of you like so I feel the same way, but I notice that if I don't work out, my happiness depletes. Meaning when I work out, I my happiness rebounds. So since we're talking about this happiness journal, I'll share the one. Uh, I haven't really talked much about it, but I'll. Sorry. Uh, if you no, that's fine. That's fine. That. I don't mind at all. I think I brought it up maybe with. Um, I've, I talked about it yet. Yeah. This is my happiness journal. And what I do is I identify things that make me happy. Like that's. So it's based off of not to like go whatever. I, I started noticing that when I got COVID, I couldn't tell if i was sick or not because i just i've been hung over like that before yeah so i was like oh i'm just hung over <laughs> yeah. and that was really scary to get this big disease that we've all been waiting for and to get it and not know that you had it to not know that you to to be in such a deficit on a daily basis and push through it like that's the problem is i push through it every fucking day if i feel like shit i don't allow myself to feel like shit. i get up and do it and i either work out or i go snowboarding or or i get up and have a cup of coffee and I, ma- I make sure shit gets done and so then i was like well fuck man like i want to i and then i listened to rob deerdak and rob deerdak said on a podcast he said he could quantify exactly how many days how many bad days he had in a year he said i had 12 bad days last year and he because what he does is he he quantifies every day and writes down i don't know what he does he didn't go into detail about it i would love to have him on my podcast and have him figured out so i started going through and finding things that made me happy and then then one morning and this is when the happiness journal really showed up for me i had gone to bed that night and i had said 
I had said in my head, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get Georgia and Isla coffee. I'm going to get Leanne, me, and Georgia Isla coffee at Starbucks. I'm going to um, work out, and then we're going to fly to Portland. And I woke up the next morning when my alarm went off, and I went, eh, I'm going to sleep. And I, and I said that to him. I'm, like, I'm just going to sleep. And then I was like, hold on. I have, I have identified that things that make me happy are after I work out, I feel very, very good. And after I spend time with my daughters, I feel very good. I said, these are two things I've identified that bring me happiness. And they're right here. They're, they don't have to work to get them. I just have to get up, go get coffees, come home. And so I, I just said, let's just go get coffees. And if I don't work out, then I've done one of the two. So I went and I got the coffees. And I came home and Georgia was up and we were hanging out. And she was like, hey, would love a breakfast burrito for after my lacrosse practice. And I was like, yeah. And I made her a breakfast burrito, and now all of a sudden I'm like up. I feel good. And then she says to me, "You definitely should work out today." And I was like, "Really?" And she goes, "Yeah, you should." So I got on the treadmill. I did that thing where I was like, three quit three times. I ran thirty minutes. Got in the sauna for fifteen minutes. Got in the polar plunge for three. Got out, and then you guys were all in my fucking man cave, and I was like, "Let's fucking like let's." I'm I'm ready. I'm here, and I felt fucking amazing. And that changed the way I was looking at everything. I was like. I need to find the things that make me happy. And one of the things I've been doing on this trip, one of the things is trying to figure out my alcohol intakes. I go, I love to drink after a show. Hell yeah. It is, it makes me happy. It is one of the things that makes me happy. When we didn't drink that first night, I was not happy. I mean, this has been the most sober or like sobering trip we've had so far. It's yeah. Been nice. But I, I was like, I do not like waking up and being like, huh. And I was like, and then the other thing I was like, I love snowboarding. Like, I love it. So let's get, let's yeah. go snowboarding every day we can. And so I was like, and so I'm right now, I'm still trying to figure out how to I utilize this journal, but just identifying the Jason Momoa approach of it's his diet of just eating the things that he likes that are healthy. And like, I, but I, but then I go to eat voodoo donuts and it makes me happy for a second. Yeah. And now I feel like I, I, I think the um, merger of, uh, the crossroads of like what Steve's saying and what you're saying and that thing you read where where guys are going to that project thing is I think there's a lot of dudes like that in the world who have nothing. Yeah. So it's like we have a lot of things that fill our our, happy, our yeah. passion pockets in our brain uh, that point. might not even Great be point. you know outside athletics. We we have um, the strive to to be better and better at stand up comedy and something we care about doing and. We like cooking food and we like things like that. And we have we have hobbies in our life to give us purpose and people that give us purpose. Right. Even if it's just making a breakfast burrito for your daughter. But I do think that there's a part of me that every now and then gets sad when sad? I you're doing sad. it. You're, you really are. You, you, I, I'm telling you, man. you so I think COVID fucked your I think you have an accent from COVID. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking, man. I, I think yeah, I think it's days. that brain inflammation. What if we found out that people from Wisconsin just had brain inflammations Whoa. and that that's why they talk the way they do is because the, the pressure there was higher. Oh, what if you found what out? What if it made accents? me, what if like, what if I crush on stage? Cause people like my cadence, my they, cadence just unlocked everything. Oh my God. What if you're like Theo, who's like his accent adds to his fucking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden oh, now you have a Midwestern night. accent. You should <laughs> lean into your Midwestern accent. All right, I'll do it. But I think that like, so for example, you know what made me really happy? You know what made me really happy? Is I was, I grew up wakeboarding, right? (laughs) And I don't think I'll ever be able to throw a flip on a wakeboard again. And my knees hurt and it's just, I don't have, I can't do it. It's just physically 
too hard to be good at it. I can get up and I could carve and it would look cool, but I can't do the things I used to do that made it cool to do, you know? I but then I could do a flip on a wakeboard. But that can you land it though? I can I do can it. Throw a flip on a wakeboard. I bet I would surprisingly land it, but not stick it. Yeah. Like I bet I'd land on the I, board and then be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. and then fly out of the way. Yeah, I. I this is going to sound sad, but I can throw it and I can get all the way around, but I don't have the grip strength to hold on to the rope anymore. When I land and stick it, the rope goes flying out of my hands. Yeah. Um, hey, buddy, but how you doing? my uh, when we did that thing in Colorado where we did the little wake skating behind the boat, yeah. I go. Oh, this kind of fills that same um, portion of, of passion of, of, the, of the the surfing, but it's a lot easier to do at this point in our life, you know? Yeah. You're not flying around. So there is stuff like that that I think physically gives me that uh, what I'm missing in that regard. But well, yeah, I think you need I think you need to challenge yourself. <clears throat> I think you need to swim across Catalina by yourself. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. Climb <laughs> well, cap. How about that? Yeah, that was Con, my last Con challenge. Kilimanjaro. That's that was my last challenge, and like you said, I'm happiness, Steve. I can be happy now, never challenging myself like that ever again. That was it, done. Well, you that he's my Kilimanjaro. Like since being with him, I've got a I, every day I'm with you. You've heard me say this is the best day of my life. <laughs> so every day I do yeah. shit with Bert. It's my kill. That's why I feel. So, I mean, was I this happy before I got to hang out with this guy? No. But it's like everything I've done has been the coolest shit I've ever done in my life. So it's like everything's just cherries on top of a fucking Sunday now. So that's why I like it. But don't you know that Dave's got some opinions hey, on some other things that Dave, might be I'm good. really proud of you, buddy. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, man. You that last thing you did, I would never want to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking I badass. Not, I couldn't do it, and I wouldn't do it. All the yeah, stuff man's does absolutely. is pretty badass. I just could terrifying. And and that was, I there were sequences of things like I would do every once in a while, crazy stuff like that. But that was it. That was the. It's I was five forty-five. Oh, Why? okay. How we, I got a shower. Show's about show to start. Right? It was no, a seven o'clock. Seven show. o'clock show. Yep. Yeah. No, we're fine. They can't start without us. It's an hour forty-three right now. No way. We're flying. All the boys hanging out. It's been fun. Yeah. I wish I was drinking. Maybe we'll do this again late night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should leave this set up. We you, we yeah. should get a few IPAs in us what and then revisit the Navy Seal thing, and then I'll give you some real opinions. Okay. Do it tonight. No, we'll do it tonight. We get it's the first night we can drink. We drink them probably. We can go to a strip club tonight too. I think COVID made me my drinking less. Every time I drink, I just get tired. Yeah, yeah, I've been passing out. I've been man, I passed out hard in the car yesterday. I think uh, drinking at altitude yesterday probably. Were we at altitude yesterday? We were snowboarding outside of a mountain, dude. We were drinking beers at the top of the mountain. At altitude though. Uh, what are you talking about? It's literally the the definition of altitude. I bet. I let's guess the altitude of Mount Hood. I'm gonna say two thousand five hundred no, feet. I'd say, I'd say forty eight hundred. That's not altitude though. That's what do you mean? Denver. Yeah, that's altitude. It's higher than I'm used to, especially when you come from we're almost sea level. Sea level now. <gasps> Pretty big Is ass that mountain. No, no. You just found out, Bob. Second, no, right? no, no. Remember the traffic yesterday? Oh no! Uh, yeah, bad accident. About- they're talking about the uh, accident yesterday. It was a, it's, it's labeled as a horrific accident. Oh, my God. Jesus. Ugh. We had to get rerouted for three hours. and Mount Hood on Highway 35 has a horrific accident. Uh, fucking. Wow. Wow. Jesus Christ. 
but it's it's crazy when the, like the way I don't want to out this person, but like the the shittiness this this person refers to another fine winter driver with bald tires and no skills. Uh, and you're like, some someone the died. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, and th- they post it on Facebook. Like, yeah. what fuck? And their names attached to it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Um, Mount Hood altitude. What's everyone's guess? Forty eight hundred. I have no idea. Six. I just know it's higher than a no. Mr. Drinking Beers. Eleven thousand. Wow, that's we the top. Ele- of... We were at eleven. 000. No, we were. No, we were like <laughs> not even halfway we up. No. Mount Rainier is fourteen thousand. Mount Shasta, fourteen thousand. Well, we weren't near anywhere near the top of that mountain. I was on some of my jumps. Look up uh, Meadow <laughs> Ski Area. Is that what it's called? You know, the you meadows? can hike to the top of Mount Hood. I'm sure. Yeah. You need to be a real mountaineer. Meadow. Mount Hood. Uh, 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 oh my God, I'm burping up everything. Elevation. L, 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 Snowboarding L. something that I'm totally comfortable with the fact that, yeah, just I'm 40 year old dude now. I don't have to go hit wow. a jump and boom. I just cruise down, have fun. Yeah. You're going to be shocked. What? 7,300 square, 7,300 wow. feet. Wow. It's a big we, mountain. This is where huge, we were drinking it's beers. It's a huge mountain. That's what, that's what the meadow ski area was then, huh? All right. Well, that's a that's nice. Seventy three hundred. That's 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 uh that was the same as uh as um Utah. Yeah, Utah was seventy three hundred mm-hmm. feet. Yeah, Salt Lake City. Well, a little higher than that. Park City. Yeah, Park City was it was seventy three hundred feet. At if I have an altimeter on my watch, like I I'm very sensitive to altitude. Yeah, you got. I never set. was. I never was. And but I realized one day what it was. It was the same thing with this happiness journal. So I like. I didn't realize I was always like out of breath and felt fucking panicked and net, short of breath and and um, and then I realized, oh, this is someone's like, oh, you have altitude. I got altitude sickness in Aspen. I'm like, you have altitude sickness. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And they're like, yeah, but it's my lifestyle. It's because I drink and I never never hydrated. Yeah. So I've been drinking those liquid IVs in the morning every morning. But I think you could have altitude sickness and it wouldn't really affect you because it's just a hang. It just feels it's a like hangover. a hangover. Yes. Yeah. And you were like, ah, I feel like this all the time. That's yeah, the that's what, and that's what I just go. And then someone was like, and then I, when the last time we went skiing with the girls just recently, I didn't drink like two nights in a row so that I felt good. And I felt fucking like a superhero the next day. And I was hydrated and I wasn't out of wind trying to put a fucking. And people that don't drink and have normal hangovers, they get altitude sickness and they, it takes them out. Because they're not used to it at all. I'm gonna have to take a shit right now. Yeah. All right. You should start your show, huh? We should start the show. Um, do you guys have anything to promote? Yes, I do. <laughs> Let him go first. I've got something big I need to promote. He jumped out of his chair. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go first. Check out the World on Drugs podcast. I do a detailed 12 page uh, deep dive on criminals you've never heard of. I'm not talking about Pablo Escobar and Griselda Blanca. I'm talking about people like uh, Daywood Ibrahim Kaskar. He started out as a street urchin kid in Mumbai, India. By 14, he had his own gang. By 20, he took over the gold trade. And now he's the guy funding Al-Qaeda and he lives in a, a castle in Afghanistan. You can fucking call his house. It's up. We got about 35 episodes of these. There's awesome. Check him out. World on Drugs with Steve Fury. Bam. They are fun. I had a fun yeah, time we had doing Dave on one. Bert's going to do one what, soon. What all about do? the Russian mafia i got oh. my guy coming in top crimes they've ever committed he's coming in soon i think on our next run he said he'd do it yep 
Uh, all right. If we're plugging podcasts, if you enjoy water polo, listen to the Tony Azevedo podcast with Dave Williamson. And if you like barbecue, listen to Meet Dave, the Meet Dave podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. And if you'd like a lint steak, yeah, put Dave's together, announced a huge tour. I'm putting together, not a huge, but going to be fun. Putting together tour dates for this summer. Uh, last summer, I did a barbecue tour where I went and did comedy in barbecue restaurants i'm doing something a little different this year trying to incorporate some of the best steaks i've ever had in my life that you can enjoy during the show just keep an eye out on my instagram at dave w comedy and i don't have anything to promote man you got anything to promote <laughs> definitely not <laughs> all of bert's dates between now and may yeah. we'll be on them. i'll be hanging out with bert <laughs> um all right we're gonna show in portland we should go to a strip club after this and then come back and recount it we should uh Oh, San Francisco next week. Uh, Fresno, San Francisco, Bakersfield. And then I'm in Austin with Tommy. Leanne's coming down. I'm going to show Leanne Austin. We're going to go out to dinner. Uh, me, Tom, and Push. Well, I should hit up Rogan and see if he wants to come out to dinner with us. Leanne's a long hauler. Maybe we'll go bring her by Rogan and get her a fucking drip. That's tight. Leanne's got, Leanne's, uh, Leanne's got getting a bunch of drips tomorrow. We'll let you guys know how those are because she uh, she's fucking fell asleep on the couch yesterday and slept for three hours it was dark when she woke up and the girls were like mom are you okay and leanne's like huh and they're like you've been asleep at seven o'clock at night and she was like what and then went right back to sleep and slept the whole fucking night wow. yeah she i think covid really kicked her ass me on the other hand oh neg blood bro hey we uh, party note we we truly are I'm, I'm grateful, man. You're right, Steve. I, I liked what you said earlier. Um, we really are lucky. We get to do a lot of cool stuff, man. And thank oh, you, Bert, yeah. for letting us thank come you, along Bert. on this adventure. Of and, course. and I, you know, reading that thing that you wrote of the people that would go to that thing and, and look for a purpose in their life, I think there is a lot of people out there that are in dead-end jobs. And if we're, fe if we're feeling like we're feeling the things we were just talking about and we actually get to do cool shit, imagine people that were the star football player on their high school team and were at the top of that stuff. And now they just don't do any of that stuff. They don't even have a job they like or a marriage they like. And we're very lucky, man, that we love the people we're with and we get to do cool shit in our job. And um, and this is this is it doesn't get much better than what we get to do on the bus here. And I think that's why people like watching our Instagram stories and that we get messages and they say, we love seeing what you got. People were writing me all day today. They were laughing their ass off at me wrestling with uh, Peter uh, last night and wrestling with everybody. And I think people just see that and they go, man, those guys are having fun you know we're definitely having fun and we're gonna have fun tomorrow we're going skiing again tomorrow yeah. and uh and then and then we're in fresno and then i think uh, san francisco. weekend in san francisco yep and then it's it's uh san diego and then las Al vegas and albuquerque, albuquerque. Oh, yeah, albuquerque. should go snowboarding in albuquerque oh san above san taos let's go to taos, let's go to taos. Also, follow me at Scuba Steve Fury on Instagram. What up, dog? I'm out here. Come on, get my numbers up. Come and see right, me. I gotta take a shower. Hey, Scuba right, Steve Fury. Thanks, everybody. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.